Hello, Phil Cohen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao. It's time for the Army Inquisition yet again, episode 287 on Sunday, the 2nd of July, 2023. I'm Phil. I'm Ben. I'm Matt. And tonight we're delighted to be joined by author and researcher Greg Little. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing just fine. Uh, good evening to you guys and good afternoon to people in America. Yeah, good mm. point. We always forget that, don't we? We do, yeah. But uh, I yeah. guess... Um, I think everyone who tunes in live is usually in the UK, I guess, UK-based. Oh, I don't know. I think there are a few Americans. The odd the odd nutter in America yeah. tuning in in yes, the middle of the Sunday afternoon there when there they is. should be out spending time with their family and whatnot. I think so, yeah. Too hot. It's too hot to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> and too smoky. Canada's burning, so there's smoke all over. Yeah, I've not been following this, but have you been having problems with air quality where you are? Uh we well in I live in Memphis, Tennessee, in the area of Memphis, and no, we really haven't had much of that. My wife and I drove through Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and Virginia a few weeks ago, and yes, uh, there was loads of that smoke. It uh, cuts the sun down, very hard to breathe. Uh, people have breathing problems, have real difficulty with uh, the smoke, and it's still here. Wow. Well. Mm. We didn't invite you here to talk about the weather, Greg. Uh, you're a, a, a prolific author, I think it's fair to say. You've wrote dozens and dozens of I books. I know. <laughs> I've got two examples right here with my, my beautiful uh, assistants. No. Oh, there we are. We've got Origins of the Gods, which I think was your last uh, book with Andrew Collins, and then the Denisovan Origins there. Mm. And we've got the uh, yes. the website up there, eaglewingbooksinc.com. Is that the best place to get them? Uh, you can order them through there. Yeah, we have a number of books ordered through there. You won't actually buy them through. It's just an author's page on the Eagle Wing website. Yeah, I think I got them from Amazon, if I remember yes. correctly. Yeah, they're available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores. Those two books are kind of mainstream. So, yeah, they're everywhere. And then most, a lot of my others are there. Uh, when I'm sure if people look, they'll see a bunch of them. Uh, there's a lot of them. A lot of my books aren't really available to anybody except professionals that are trained because of my uh, professional career, actually. But that's another story. Yeah. Um, how did you meet Andrew Collins? Because you've written a few books with him now. You're obviously very close. Uh, Andrew and I are good friends. Uh, I'm going to say he'll be over here in a couple of months uh, going to a conference with us. Uh, we I first met Andrew in the year 2000, so we've been friends for 23 years now. Uh, he has come here a lot, stayed with us. We have gone over to the UK where he lived. He actually lived in the middle of Avebury for quite a while. Oh, wow. uh, so we visited him there. We traveled all over England. We took him to a few hundred mound sites in the United States. We also took Andrew to the Bahamas. 
uh, in his uh, quest for Atlantis. Uh, and I actually met Andrew because of his book uh, from the ashes of angels and his book on Atlantis. And I was putting together a conference for an organization in the United States and found Andrew. And that's how it all started. I wow. uh, got him over to do a, be a speaker at a conference and we just hit it off right away. Excellent. Um, I, um, I think, uh, was it maybe three, three or four months ago, I think I read, um, origins of the gods and, uh, it was fascinating stuff. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, because I was completely unfamiliar with this uh, episode, and I guess a lot of people listening might be, but one of the, 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 the events that you described that, that was particularly striking was this event at Zaytun in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe tell us a bit about what happened there? Uh, yeah, I'll try to confine it to a minute or so. It's going to be hard. But uh, yeah, the Zaytun case... Uh, is probably the most spectacular apparition of the Virgin Mary ever. I mean, people love to talk about Fatima, that's true, but at Zaytun, there are literally hundreds of photographs. There were probably millions of witnesses. There's no real known number, but at least half a million were there in one night. It was also the apparitions were seen by church officials, which was actually the Christian Coptic Church, uh, and it was declared uh, a miracle by the Coptic Church. Uh, but anyway, Zaytun began on April 2nd, 1968, and Zaytun is a Christian church which is just outside of Cairo, so it's in the suburbs of Cairo, and I've been there uh, actually talked to some of the witnesses. We obtained a lot of the photos from it there and a lot of the old newspaper reports. But what happened was it was at night and there were two uh, Muslim mechanics working across the street in a garage. And they saw on one of the towers around this church, and it's like a round dome. It has these dome towers. They saw what they thought was a, a nun who was about to commit suicide. That's what they thought. So one of them ran to the church to get the priest. The other one ran to get an ambulance. Uh, When they got back, the nun was gone, uh, and they described her. And the priest actually thought, wow, that sounds like an apparition of the Virgin Mary, which the church actually has uh, a legend about its construction, which uh, relates to the Virgin Mary being there uh, with Joseph. But anyway... So the next night, some people came and the apparition appeared. The next night, more people came. And this went on night after night until mid-1970. It kind of culminated with an all-night apparition. Uh, this, This object that looked just like a woman who had on a flowing dress, it was usually described as white or blue, Uh, She had a uh, set of rosary beads on her. Sometimes she carried a baby. Sometimes she had a crown on her head. Uh, Occasionally, um, she would walk around the dome and blow kisses to the people. And the night that the church investigated, there were half a million people there. The local newspapers were there. Uh, They put out a number of photographs of it because they were told by the Egyptian government to go debunk the thing because there were so many people going to it. And they actually said it was real. So there were loads and loads of photographs. Uh, One of the priests who was sent by their pope 
came to it and looked, and he said that he stood under this dome for over an hour and watched this apparition. He said it wasn't completely solid, but it looked just like a person, not, you know, like you'd think like a ghost would be, but almost solidified. So that's the story of Zaytun. There are, again, hundreds of photographs of it. A lot of them are in the public domain, and you can see them on the internet. Just Google Zaytun apparitions, and a lot of these photos will pop up. So that's kind of a thumbnail of that case. Right. So... I can imagine from a sort of a Christian perspective, that would be very sort of affirming to your faith and whatnot. Um, what do you think was going on at Zytoon? Uh Well, actually, it's been studied by uh, psychologists and a variety of others. And you have everything from uh, people saying it was a mass hallucination, which, of course, the photographs pretty much show it's not mass hallucination, uh, to plasmas. Uh, there were actually two uh, psychologists by the name of Michael Persinger, who was at Laurentian University in Canada for many decades until he died just a few years ago. And I knew Michael Persinger somewhat professionally. Uh, and a guy by the name of John Durr, who was with the U.S. Geological Survey. He was a geologist. They did some research, and they believe that under the Zeitung Church, there is a uh, earthquake fault line, and that the church literally is radiating piezoelectric energy from the ground. It's going up, and then it forms around the spire. Now, they don't explain why it took the form of a woman carrying a baby and having a crown, and then at times there were these doves, electronic doves flying around, uh, but that's what they believe, and I think it is a manifestation of plasma-based energy. Uh, by the way, we got a severe thunderstorm that just started here rather suddenly. We have all these pop-up <laughs> storms this time of the year, so no, I'm just no, letting no, you know no, that no, something no, happens no, here. No, 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 no. <laughs> you must. Have I can triggered. hear the thunder. I don't. Which? I don't know if you can hear the thunder yet, but no, I can. You must no. have used a trigger word, and the algorithms <laughs> have picked you up. Um, you. You mentioned piezoelectrical charges. Yes. I mean, um, people, maybe guitar players might be familiar with piezo pickups, um, but can you explain how that works, what it means, piezoelectric? Sure. Uh, it is Okay, so anything that's crystal, and particularly like real crystals, rock crystal, uh, even granite, granite has a lot of crystal and structure in it. Anytime that you put that under pressure, it forms electricity on the surface. And the more pressure you put on it, the more electri electricity is formed. And you can tune crystals. Of course, that's what old crystal radios uh, did. You tune them to particular frequencies. You can produce piezoelectricity in your house if you have two crystals. Get two about the size of your hand. They don't have to be very good ones. Uh, in fact, any cheap crystals will work. Uh, put them together and rub them as hard as you can. Do this at night. And if you really want a spectacular effect, take those crystals, fill your bathtub with water, put them down at the bottom of the tub and rub them in the water. Do this as hard as you can. Make sure you wear a pair of gloves because uh, the little crystal shards will come off and they'll cut the heck out of your hands. Uh, but you'll actually see light refracting in there. You see huge amounts of light. It's actually possible to light up the bathroom with these. Uh, but what they are are really tiny little balls of plasma, and it's caused by piezoelectricity. Uh, there's also thermo, thermoluminescence, uh, which is the light that comes off of it. 
uh, or triboluminescence is what it's called. Uh, but that that is what piezoelectricity is about. It's a well-known phenomenon in physics. Uh, it it is seen around uh, when when earthquakes occur. You can see it around fault lines. Uh, it's been videoed. It's also been photographed. Chances are that the same thing occurs around volcanoes when volcanoes are beginning to erupt. Uh, and there's balls of light associated with it because the energy, it's literally electricity, the energy that emerges from it has to go somewhere. And so that energy often forms plasmas. And plasmas, of course, are the key to what Andrew Collins and I are talking about in that book, Origins of the Gods. Right. So, I mean, I'm not much of a physicist. But uh, I'm not either. As, as far as I, is, is plasma not usually regarded as like the fourth state of matter? Uh, like plasma is the fourth state of matter. And when I took, when I was in college, uh, undergraduate, that's when I took my only physics class. Uh, plasma was described, at, of course, you have solids, liquids, and gas, and plasma was the fourth. At that time, which was in the early 1970s, all they knew was that it is an ionized ball of gas. That's what we were told. And it seemed to me like solid, liquid, and gas, I mean, they, they really didn't understand, but they knew that it wasn't regular gas, that there was something else going on with it. So what plasma is known as today, it is a ball of ionized gas but there are negatively charged ions and positive, I'm sorry, negatively charged electrons and positively charged ions that are ripped from atoms. And they make like a swirling soup that gets super hot. The atoms are torn apart and this thing forms a very powerful electromagnetic field. And as it forms this electromagnetic field, it begins to pull in physical matter, which in the air is often dust. Uh, there's actually the term dusty plasma. Dusty plasmas can be picked up by radar at times, depending <laughs> on how much they pull in. But you got to understand, air is also matter. It's just not, it's, it, it's not really uh, solid. Air is moving around us, but it is matter also it's made of of atoms uh so that so that's that's basically what a plasma is but they're not really well understood and in just recent years physicists are, have come to some unbelievable conclusions about them saying literally that they are a type of sentient intelligence living inorganic life that is what okay. some physicists are telling us now Hang on. <laughs> Plasmas are sentient organic life. Inorganic life. Inorganic, right. Okay. Inorganic life, yes. How are they um, defining <laughs> sentience then? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, they, they have their own intelligence and they interact with us. That's what they're saying. So right. in 2007, a group of six physicists published an article in the New Journal of Physics. It's a peer-reviewed journal. And they've been studying plasmas for many, many years now. So they can produce plasmas in the laboratory. And what they found is that if the pla these plasmas in the laboratory, if they have enough energy, what they do is as they form, a crystalline structure occurs on the interior of it. And the crystalline structure looks like a double helix, which a double helix is what DNA is, and it's like a twisting together of two basic straight lines, and they and they interconnect. 
And this double helix looks just like human DNA, which is very, very bizarre. So they found that while, when this occurred, what then happened was the plasma split apart, that the double helix allowed it to split, just like human cells do when they replicate. They found that the, they continued to replicate as long as they had energy. And they also found what they called evolution, which is the weaker plasma structures basically fell apart and died off. They didn't replicate, but the strong plasma structures began to replicate. The stronger they were, the more they replicated. And they were able to interact with them, as have, as have many, many researchers actually starting in the early 1980s that started interacting with plasmas in the field when they were studying UFOs. So what they basically believe is that if if you could produce a plasma and have it last long enough that is give it enough energy it would eventually form itself into physicality like we are physical and it would interact it has its own type of intelligence now this was in this physics journal but many many people earlier than that basically came up with the exact same claims of course minus uh, the scientific part about the plasmas replicating themselves and forming what look like DNA. There's a lot of examples in the field of individuals stumbling upon or having one of these plasmoid type objects uh, get in their presence. And they could see in the inside of it sometimes that it looked like these almost like worms were in the center swirling around. And they were actually viewing the crystalline structures so I don't know if any of that helps or not. Uh, it, that's kind of the edges of my knowledge, too. I am not a physicist. Uh, Andrew is much better at explaining all that. Uh, but that's basically what the physicists have told us. Cool. I just want to pick up. We've had a, a question in the chat from David Stig Hansen, who's a previous guest, and he's an Atlantis researcher as well. He's been to the Rechat or Rechat structure in the, uh, right. the Eye of the Sahara. And he's just popped up this question, so I thought I'd ask him. Um, I wonder if this gentleman, meaning you, Greg, can comment if a Carrington event could have created the 45-kilometer-wide reshot structure from a planetary discharge. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that, I don't know. That's I mean, beyond my. Uh, that's that's beyond. I know what the reshot structure is, uh, but whether or not that could have been created by. Uh, a di plasma discharge or anything else. I don't know. I know what NASA says about it. I know what the Atlantis people say about it. Um, but I don't really know. In fact, I watched a show on it yesterday in the Science Channel, and they say the Science Channel concluded that it's basically unexplained. But NASA's website actually has an explanation of it that they're satisfied with. But I don't know. Uh, I'm willing to uh, keep an open mind on a lot of things. I'm, a lot of things simply aren't settled right now. So that's my answer. I, I'll probably tell you, I don't know a lot. When it comes down to some questions, I'll say, I don't know. I'm just mm -hmm. about as straightforward as I can be, and I'm not going to you know, throw out some BS or something. Or I'm going to try not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 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 you want to back up your words with your research, and that's that's fair enough. Um Going back to the plasma, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling yeah. to get my head around the, the sort of concept of of plasma being conscious and inorganic. I mean, that sort of opens the door to other inorganic materials being conscious, does it? 
Well, I don't know about other inorganic material. Uh, or, I, or sentient. Would sentient be the, a better word? Yeah, sentient is a, is a good word. But, uh, you know, I, I actually, my, my, my main focus in, in the past years has been Native American beliefs. And Native American beliefs have this idea that uh, the universe was created through uh, a singularity, uh, just like the Big Bang. And most people don't know that. It's, it's not anything uh, crazy, but they say there was a singularity, and the singularity was pure spiritual energy. Physics tell us that tells us that the singularity was basically energy also. All things came from energy, but the Native Americans called it uh, uh, spiritual, all right? So when it created the physical universe, uh, the Zuni tribe said that it thought outward that's their way of talking about the Big Bang. It was in a, in a small container, and this energy thought outward. And there's a reason why it did it, and uh, I don't know if we'll ever get to that or not. But uh, when it when that happened, that means everything is spiritual energy. And to the Native Americans, everything has a type of spirit in it, and that spirit has sentience. It has some form of its own consciousness uh, that is somewhat able to interact. Uh, there are solidified forms of spiritual energy, like rocks, for example, uh, and water is moving spiritual energy. Fire is uh, the release of spiritual energy. Crystals, they talked about a lot, are a type of purified spiritual energy that can't that man can manipulate. Um, but I, I really like that idea. So everything came from energy. We are not that far different from a plasma. Our cells replicate the same way. And, and it's like I said, if we could keep them in the, as a plasma in the lab for a long enough period of time and give it enough energy, uh, it might very well uh, coagulate or solidify more and then interact with us. Uh, the word plasma comes from its similarity to human blood cells. That is actually where the term plasma comes from. And it was recognized long ago that plasma in nature is very much like human cells. It appears to be cellular in nature. And in the book, as I'm sure you're going to get to, I, I'd say they're temporal. But we are temporal. As long as we get sufficient energy, we will survive. But when we don't, we'll fade away also. Uh, so it's a matter of how you look at it. So if you take a human cell and you allow it to replicate, my question to you would be, is, is a human cell sentient or will it interact with you? And the chances are no. But if you allow enough of them to replicate, over a long enough period of time, uh, say like a fetus, uh, eventually it will have sentience and will be able to interact with its environment. Uh, so the same thing, I believe, probably holds true with plasmas. It sounds absolutely bizarre. It sounds crazy. Uh, but this is coming from mainstream physics. I'm basically parroting what some of them have said and tried to explain it. Greg, you mentioned the link between plasma and volcanic thunderstorm type things yeah. and electrical discharges yeah. in the atmosphere and weather systems. I'm just thinking about other planets just in the solar system now, so I'm not going too far out, but there's a lot of 
wild weather on on some of the outer planets jupiter neptune all, all those guys are yeah you know crazy with with weather and electrical storms that last for years and years and years do you think there's that that's where we should perhaps be looking for sentience and quote unquote life uh and are we um, the outlier in that case are we the the mistake, the carbon-based life forms. <laughs> uh, you say that we're very similar to these plasma, like um, plasma sentients. Well, yeah, in, perhaps we're the we're the pet. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, that's a question I have never been asked and have never thought about. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, I, that's fa- it's fascinating. It it reminds me of two things. It reminds me of a of a of both the Native American belief and one that Edgar Cayce uh, it talked about many, many years ago. And so Cayce said that uh, souls came from the sky, souls came from the creator, and that souls had different experiences in different places in the sky world. And Cayce talked about different planets, how they have different atmospheres, and that we, our soul, would actually go from planet to planet under some cases in order to experience certain things to change our nature, whatever that means. Well, Native Americans had a very similar idea. Uh, You'll hear a lot of people say, oh, they, you know, you just fly to the stars. It's not that simple. Uh, The Native Americans did have a death journey that went to different stars. uh, And there have been a number of UFO abductees, one of which is Emanuel Swedenborg, uh, who really wasn't an abductee. He was more of a contactee. Uh, and Swedenborg uh, came to a similar conclusion that uh, there he, he went all the way to Saturn. Swedenborg visited, and that's in the 1700s. <laughs> uh, Swedenborg was the first real contactee, which means that uh, these beings came and visited him and said, we're from outer space. You know, we live on Saturn or we live on Jupiter or we live on Mars uh, or Venus or the moon. I mean, they were on all those planets, according to Swedenborg. So he got into a ship and they literally took him to these places. That's, I mean, it's bizarre. Emanuel Swedenborg is one of the most famous scientists of all time. I mean, he's very, very famous, well-respected in his time. Uh, had his first experience, I believe it was 1758. I have to look that. I'm sorry, 1743 uh, is when his experience was. And by the way, it happened in London, where he first met the first alien uh, that came to him. And for the next 28 years, they took him all over the place. But all of these uh, beings in the cases that I'm talked about, Casey, Swedenborg, and Native Americans, they all said that we, that our soul or the essence of us, whatever it is takes these journeys to other planets. So to answer your question, that's very possible. It's something I have given no thought to whatsoever that there may actually be plasma beings there. How would we communicate with them? I am not certain. Uh, Would they be more intelligent than us? I don't know. Uh, But as we say in the book, we already think they're here on Earth. They're all over Earth. Andrew called them N beings, using the statistical term or the statistical number, little n, not big n, but little n, meaning we don't know how many there are. They may be infinite. There may just be one that manifests everywhere around Earth at very specific times. And window areas uh, where people say, oh, there's there's psychic or uh, UFO activity that comes in 
comes on in this place all the time, that it happens periodically in the same place. Uh, these are places where it emerges, probably because of the geology. Uh, but again, Andrew's idea is they're N beings, and I call them time beings. But those entities are already here. So you've led me to my conclusion. Now, your question has gone to my conclusion, and that is, yes, uh, there would be on those planets, So if this theory is accurate, there would be a form of plasma uh, that is sentient, assuming that it is allowed to exist long enough and procreate like plasma does here on Earth. And I, I've never used the term procreate either. That's uh, <laughs> I don't know where that's I don't know where that's coming from here. But replicate is probably the correct term. Replicate. There's a famous um, saying that man is the measure of all things, and I'm wondering: is there um, physic uh, based in physics? Are there limitations to sizes of plasmas? Can you have microscopic plasmas? Can you have plasmas the size of a galaxy? Absolutely. 99% of the universe is plasma. Mainstream physics. 99% of the universe is plasma. Yeah, 99% of the universe is plasma, one kind or another. Well, that lends uh, credence uh, to, um, you, you mentioned maybe there's one, N equals one, one being. Yeah. That sort of reminds me about... And we're all about, part of that. Exactly, like a mycelial network, like fungi on, on Earth, that's... that's one or yeah you know, there's, there's several but they're, they're huge there are examples of absolutely huge single organism bodies that that just fruit in certain areas what if the whole absolutely. of the plasma in the galaxy is one one consciousness one consciousness yeah carl jung carl jung uh when he wrote his book on ufos which was in 1959 he called it flying saucers um he talked about the mandala and the mandala is an archetype, it's a symbol, it's a circle, but it's a symbol of the whole. A mandala is a symbol of the whole. And the idea here, I, I, my first book was in 1984, and it was a follow-up to Carl Jung's last book. Uh, and the idea is, is in the beginning when there was the Big Bang or when using the Native American uh, idea, when you had this one point of spiritual energy and it thought outward it created splinters, splintered archetypes, according to Jung. And splintered archetypes are all in, arranged in opposites. The mandala is the only one that really has no opposite. But it splintered apart, and it created good and evil. It created uh, hero, villain, uh, savior, uh, devil, for that case, in that matter, but there are opposites. They're all opposites, and the opposites are in type of a harmonious balance. But even Carl Jung's idea is that it all started out with one. The mandala was the whole, so it's the same thing. Carl Jung said the exact same thing as physicists do today, and as the Native Americans did, uh, which is kind of astounding to me. But yeah, plasma uh, is is everywhere. And all physical matter is one way to really look at it that is actually accurate. Physical matter is simply energy that has simply slowed its frequency down to where it comes to close to a standstill. That's all it is. And it, that's a concept that is very difficult for uh, almost everyone to conceive of, just like I've talked about with plasmas. You ask about microscopic plasmas. 
you can produce microscopic plasmas with the with the crystals by rubbing the crystals together you'll see little microscopic plasmas coming off of it and the best way like a lot of people say oh it's nothing but sparks no it isn't put it in the water put it down in the water and do it in the water do it in total darkness and you will see balls of light and native americans used to do this by taking uh shards of quartz crystals and they'd put them in a leather pouch and then inside of a very dark room at night when they would be doing their rituals the shaman would or medicine people would grind these pouches and as they ground it uh down they would fracture pieces of it and the fracturing of of the crystalline structure is what produces the plasma and you'll see these tiny little balls of light coming out of the leather pouch and that's what they are so yes there's very microscopic plasmas uh all the way to this <laughs> the sun is not exactly plasma but that's what is around it and that's what's coming out of it all the time uh it's plasma you mentioned earlier about these being sort of temporal plasmas and that if you if you provide enough energy eventually they'll they'll sustain themselves and then we see yes. sort of these sort of weird behaviors it just got me thinking that that's looking at it from our human monkey conception of time and from our consciousness and it's it is kind of a, a human conception time and it always mm-hmm. makes me think about when we had ian lyons on mm. i can't remember what episode it was 140 something and he had he had a near-death experience and he described a life review that he said lasted it felt like 10 years and so that's in in the blink of an eye uh, in fact some eyewitness says the eyewitnesses said he never didn't even lose conscious if if he did it was for a split second but for him it was 10 years and hmm. so when when you when we say all temporal plasmas they need to be around for a bit to exhibit um what we would define as sentience and maybe that's our frame that's skewed Maybe if we uh, exactly if we we, we would have to determine if it had sentience, so it would have to be around long enough in in our frame, <laughs> uh, in its frame. You know, like a mayfly lasts only twenty four hours. A mayfly lives twenty four hours. That's its lifetime. Yeah, uh, and it's inconceivable for us to think about what what it would be like to be born and live twenty four hours. But to it, it's a lifetime. So to a plasma, microseconds might be a lifetime or a day. Uh, whatever. But in some cases, plasmas, uh, like at the Yakima Indian Reservation in Washington State, plasmas would form on the top of this ridge called Toppenish Ridge, and some of them would be the size of an automobile. Uh, And Toppenish Ridge, I I spent nights out there with uh, officials from Washington State government uh, that got me there, that allowed me to go on, because it's a Native American reservation. But they would observe these plasmas the size of an automobile forming at the top of Toppenish Ridge. And sometimes they would literally roll down following fault lines. There's over a hundred visible fault lines on Toppenish Ridge. And when these plasmas got to the bottom where there were some houses and where some Native Americans lived, they would have very, very strange experiences when the plasmas got close. And they would see there were like 30 Bigfoot reports where people saw these giant, you know what Bigfoot is, everybody does. Uh, some people saw UFOs, some saw little, they would call them little people. Uh, people, 
non-Native Americans wouldn't call them little people. They would call them the little humanoids, three and a half foot tall alien humanoids, uh, like Whitley Strieber and many others have seen. But they called them the little people. They saw cases of them. There were sometimes terrible smells associated with it. Uh, sometimes they would simply pass out. They would have very strange experiences. Uh, but the, to the plasma, I don't think time really means anything. Uh, everything is temporal to, to those fungi that you're talking about or to some of the redwood trees out in California that are four or five, six, seven, eight hundred years old. Uh, we are a blink in time. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of creatures that live longer than us, and they wonder what would it be like to only live, you know, 70 years or 75 years. Uh, they probably can't conceive of that uh, if they conceive of anything, or if they even care. Uh, so I I do believe that these plasmas, like I'm talking about Toppenish Ridge, they exist in the daytime too, but they're simply not as visible because visible light uh, is literally going through them in some cases, uh, but it depends on the ele the field, uh, electromagnetic field around them and how much other matter and condensation of matter it can pull into itself, like dust or other particles. Uh, and I, I mentioned uh, dusty plasmas before. The Navy has been able to produce dusty plasmas in the sky, U.S. Navy, and they've actually patented this and it's a decoy technology that they, they can beam into the sky and it creates a three-dimensional object. It's a plasma, but it's physical. Uh, it's, you, can look at, you can look up the patent on the U.S. Patent Office website. There are a lot of articles written about it. Uh, and they actually patented this several years ago. I think it was in 2011 when it was done. Uh, and it's literally a decoy technology to where it is a laser shooting a beam of light, which is not in the visible light spectrum. People think that that with a laser, you can always see the beam. The answer is no. It simply depends upon the frequency because our eyes, in the back of our eyes, uh, where the retina is, we have rods and cones, which are actually cells. There's millions of them, and each one has a point on it sticking out. And that little point is an antenna. I mean, it, it's it's absolutely amazing when you think of it this way, but it's, but it's the truth. So our eyes have millions of tiny little antennas in them. One set of them is designed to only pick up the black and white energy spectrum. The other type, which are called cones, pick up the color spectrum. And so they're only picking up what's called the visible light portion of the electromagnetic spectrum, which comprises only 4.7% of the entire electromagnetic spectrum. So with a laser, you can change the frequency you're beaming out to the invisible spectrum so nobody will see it, which you can do it either infrared or ultraviolet, either one by turning a dial. And then they can beam it out and they can have a focal point and create a three-dimensional object which can be moved around at incredible speeds, picked up on radar, mm -hmm. split apart. Uh, when plasmas form, they often put off photons or beams of light, which they've learned to control with this. But this is all this is mainstream now. Uh, 
These are uh, the the, US these three dimensional right. US they wouldn't happen to be tic tac shaped, would they? <laughs> I I think you could make them any shape at all. When I when I wrote my my portion of uh, Origins of the Gods, uh, uh, we had a we had a word limit. Uh, Andrew and I were each uh, limited to fifty thousand words, and uh, Andrew couldn't get his down to under I think sixty thousand or so. Uh, and I had like 75,000 words. So I cut mine down to about 55,000. So I cut out about four pages worth uh, on all this Navy stuff. And part of it is uh, part of the reason that it was that we cut that out is because this book is somewhat about UFOs and somewhat about the alien phenomenon and abductions and contactees and what people are seeing. And basically, by putting that information out, uh, what it does is it turns off all the UFO people. Uh, people want to believe that it's extraterrestrial. Uh, I've been in this field since my first book came out in 1984. And I can I can say very honestly that the ideas of plasmas and the ideas in this book are, are not the most unpopular theory of all time, which I can tell you what it is if you want to know. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. we're probably second- we're probably right above the worst idea in terms of popularity for UFOs and alien abductions and all of that. Uh, so it's I, I just didn't. So I decided to cut out most of that. I just wasn't going to go into much depth. Uh, and I actually did research for the Office of Naval Research back in the 1970s, 72 to 74. I talked about it a little bit in the book working for um the Owen, Office of Naval Research Office in Pensacola, Florida, traveled around, tested uh, about 3,000 Navy pilots. Uh, we had this high-frequency device that we put on their temple, um, and it's, it's a long-involved story. Uh, but I was in graduate school at the time and actually didn't even know what I was doing. Uh, I was trained to do it uh, as a graduate student in psychology, and uh, – are you allowed to it, tell us this story, Greg? <laughs> yeah, I can tell you because it's in the 70s. Yeah, I can tell you this right. story. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you <laughs> no, I any can tell that. It, it's, you know. None of that. None of that's classified. I remember right. going to the ONR offices in Pensacola. Uh, and we actually, the guy who was over this research project had been the colonel in charge of the, he was in the U.S. Army and he got a contract through the Office of Naval Research. But he was the head of research at the Fort Knox Research Center, which is the Army's major research center. But he had this contract for us to test Navy pilots. This was during the heyday of the Vietnam War. Uh, and we were testing uh, helicopter pilots, jet pilots, and, and uh, prop, plane, prop plane pilots. Uh, and we had this ultra high frequency cone and recording devices. So we traveled to Navy bases, tested almost every pilot on the bases, um, and did this for a couple years. Uh, and we had this record these recording devices. I don't really know what they all were. We had a government car that we used. And I was a hippie at the time, which was amazing. Uh, we went through, I mean, here I am dressed. I had my mushroom, orange mushroom T-shirt in. I had really long hair, you know, and uh, other stuff. <laughs> and uh, we just, every base, we had these wadded up letters uh, from the U.S. Department of the Navy, and we'd hand it at the gate, and, you know, and they'd snap to attention, which was absolutely bizarre, and, and lead us in. 
Uh, we stayed in the bachelor officer's quarters, but I did get to go to the O&R, and I wasn't allowed in the back uh, where the colonel went to talk to whoever. Uh, he was back there about an hour, and I, I talked to all the young guys that were about my age who worked in, in research, uh, and they started telling me about their I wonder what if research. And that's what we used to call it in psychology when you wondered what would happen if you did something. So uh, I'll give you an example. My major area was psychopharmacology. And I remember when we got the first PCP, we got experimental PCP uh, from the Drug Enforcement Administration. And that's what we did. We tested drugs. So the, my major professor came in and put a, a vial of the PCP down, which is fencyclidine. And he said, uh, uh, he said, do something with this and tell me what it is. Uh, now, I wasn't doing the drugs or anything, but what I did, I went to the to the animal room and got a white lab rat out of the cage, brought it in my office because I was busy, uh, and I got a small amount of syringe, and I injected the rat, and I put it on my desk uh, to just to kind of see what it was going to do, and I continued to read or write or whatever I was doing, and the rat fell over on its side and began running around in a circle just on its side, just around and around and around. So it was, that's literally, I wonder what if. I wonder what would happen if I give this rat some PCP, because at the time we really didn't know exactly what it was going to do. So they were telling me about their I wonder what if research. Uh, and I believe some of their research was creating uh, three-dimensional objects in the air, uh, such as what's called the Gulf Breeze Light uh, or Bubba which isn't the Gulf Breeze hoax that occurred some years earlier. But I mentioned that in the book, and I told that story. Uh, I believe they were doing um, research in the community by creating UFOs in the sky. Uh, the time that my wife and I were there, there were 104 people in a park watching this thing. The people in the park knew exactly what time this orange UFO was going to appear in the sky, how long it was going to last, and what it was going to do. And it was very impressive. I mean, it was really quite impressive. Uh, and I immediately started looking around, and I thought, I told my wife, this has got to be an office of naval research study. They're trying to figure out how people are reacting to this thing. But it appeared for 10 nights in a row. The night before we were there, there was a Japanese film crew, crew there filming it, and they made a documentary out of it. Now, that was in the early 1980s. I think that was around 1987 or so, 88. Uh, I don't know how I got into Well, we were talking about research and plasma. So, yeah, the Navy has a lot of stuff. They have devices. Uh, the Army has them. I put a slight list of them. That's all I did in the book, like the name of it, because they come up with these really cool acronyms like Pickle. Uh, they have all the. I love the acronyms they come up with. Uh, but all of these are different types of devices. There's one where they aim a beam. Again, you can't see it. It goes out a couple miles, and the people out there hear voices in their head. What? Now, I've worked, yes, I've worked with schizophrenics before, uh, and schizophrenics will tell you they hear voices in their head. And we go, well, it's just like I'm talking to you. And a lot of them will say, yes, it's exactly like you're talking to me, but it's inside my head. That's what schizophrenics that have auditory hallucinations will often tell you. Well, that is exactly what the U.S. Navy patented, by the way, was able to create. It is a type of laser set to a specific frequency. All of that 
research or these devices come out of the research that this guy, Michael Persinger at Laurentian University in Canada studied. Persinger was the first able to do this. Persinger was also able to create electromagnetic frequencies that if beamed into a person could make them choose certain objects. So Persinger would have an undergraduate student mind, in psychology. Mind control, mind control essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. But he'd have them sitting at a computer and they'd have choices on the screen. And what Persinger would do is by changing the frequency, he could make them choose whatever he wanted them to choose. They didn't realize that's what he was doing. I mean, they had no idea, but he was able to. I mean, this is very easy to do. I actually have the device that Persinger used, a replica of it here. Uh, so I use it on my wife all the time. That's a joke. <laughs> that's that's complete. That part is completely untrue. I'm a real jokester, but I do have uh, a replica of the device, which I find I just don't have the time to use it that much. Greg, is so it, you're um, getting more than you thought, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it um is it a small device? Is it small enough to fit in, say, a electronic voting machine? <laughs> it's a it's a computer. Well, the the replica that I have is a software program that you have to use in a Windows-based computer. I'm using a Mac here, so I can't use it in a Mac. Uh, but it's a, so it's a type of software. And then out of your audio cable, it goes to literally a helmet, which goes over your head. And this helmet has a series of magnets that, it, that are in very specific places around your head. And then the magnets, what they do by sending signals to individual magnets, you create specific frequencies. And Persinger was actually able to find the actual brain areas where this stuff would work. Another example Persinger found, which uh, actually is a device. I have yet to ever hear of it being used, uh, but it is a device which sends out an electromagnetic signal. It rotates around and it's used for battlefields. And it stimulates what's called the gag reflex or the vomit reflex. So uh, let's say you're on a battlefield and they take this machine out there and turn it on. Everybody within the area of this electromagnetic field has to vomit. They have to throw up. They have this constant gag reflex. And it's because it, it's a frequency which specifically stimulates a very tiny area in the brain stem that controls the, the gag reflex. So there's tons of this research that very few people really know much about, but it's all, it's, it's readily available. We have something in the UK which came out about, I want to say about 10 years ago, and it's called a mosquito device, mm -hmm. right? And this is a device which is installed outside convenience stores. And the idea is, is that, um, as we all did when we were teenagers, teenagers with nothing to do, no youth clubs, no way of uh, congregating. They would congregate outside convenience stores and make trouble and generally be a nuisance and clutter up the place. And these mosquito devices emit some sort of frequency, I think, on the audio spectrum. And it's like, a, it gives you, I don't know if it's like a headache or an annoying noise. It hurts. It hurts, but it only, yeah. it, it's only uh, effective against people under the age of about 25. So adults <laughs> yeah. can't hear it. So it would disperse yeah. groups of youngsters and adults well, could just not hear it. There's actually one at a sofa shop near where I live. 
and I can hear it when I walk past it. It hurts my ears when I walk past That's it. That's because you're a big kid. Exactly, yeah. I'm a child. <laughs> I'm a childlike hu- uh, adult. I was going to say human. A man-child? <laughs> yeah, man-child, yeah. Which archetype are you? Oh, I don't know. The shit house. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I can definitely hear when I walk past it, and it, and it definitely it makes me uh, wince, I would say, and, yeah, I don't want to be near the door. Definitely. I mean, the thing, okay. is, the thing is, Greg, how... the archetype, the archetype you are, according to Jung, is a puer eternus. <laughs> <laughs> That's the actual term Jung would you puer eternus. Sorry, I, I jumped in there. Go ahead. I was just going to ask how old, you know, are these technologies going back to the 80s, 70s, 90s, 80s? Uh, they really uh, a lot of the research started in the 70s, the very early 70s. Uh, the er- and I actually found a lot of it uh, in what's called government repository libraries, uh, which none of these journals in these government libraries, well, I say none now, it's not none, but most of them are not online. You can't access them online. You have to physically get access into it. Uh, and a lot of these have the information in them uh, about the research and it's like you won't find one article that has it all in it. It'll refer to others. So the way this is done and the way the governments have done this is they contract out the work. That's how they don't have to release the information to the public. Uh, the Freedom of Information Act does not apply to the private sector doing research for the government. It only applies to the government documents. So it's published in these specialized journals and research reports by the agency that does the the, the research. So if you take a device uh, that they want, they might contract it out to three or four agencies, none of which know the final outcome. There's somebody that pieces it all together, but they don't have it all, all this information together in one place. But I actually stumbled upon these by going in. There's, there was no index when I did this. And I just started pulling out some of these journals, uh, and I was astonished. I could not believe what was there. Uh, it it was beyond my knowledge base, but it pushed me because my area has been psychology and psychopharmacology, and somewhat in the medical field, but on the psychological side. So it was pushing me. I didn't know that much about the chemistry and the physics and so on, but I had to learn enough. And I learned enough to realize this information is there. So it's in government repository libraries, which are specialized libraries. You have to get permission to go in. And basically, uh, certain researchers and certain students were allowed to go in. And I was, I don't even remember what I was doing at the time. I already had my doctorate. And it was a a library at what was then Memphis State University, which is now the University of Memphis. And it's got a large repository library in it. Wow. Just going back to uh, plasma and, and consciousness for a little bit, because um, we're, we're running out of time already. But I wanted to ask you about uh, extra dimensions. So I'm, I'm interested in this conception of... I mean, I think uh, the the sort of common understanding is there there are four dimensions. There's the three physical dimensions plus time, but it's it's the ones after that I'm interested in. After those four, what what's your conception of it? All right, so I like string theory, uh, and I and I I like the idea that you know everything is made out of basically strings, but uh, I don't think for what Andrew Andrew is really the expert in this book in the book that we did on the interdimensional stuff 
I have said for many years, and Andrew knows I believe this, that we don't really have to invoke interdimensionality for this plasma theory. Hmm. It is distinctly possible that the intelligence that is coming into these plasmas is somewhat interdimensional. Uh, I take the point of view that a physicist, Harley Rutledge, uh, who studied UFOs in Missouri for seven years and published a book called Project Identification when he was chair of the physics department at Southeastern Missouri State University. Uh, Rutledge interacted with these things. He said they were intelligent. They interacted with him and his observers. Um, he had 620 observers that, that came up with 157 documented cases. And there were 30 cases where the plasmas, they called them plasmas, that they saw, some of which had portholes. It looked like beings looking out the portholes from time to time. Uh, he believed these were plasmas interacting with us, that the interaction was they were reading our expectations and our cultural expectations, which is something Jacques Vallée talks about also, and then conforming their behavior and shape to what our expectations are. But Rutledge never talked about him being interdimensional, but he did say it's possible. But he also said we, have, we don't have uh, that much knowledge to really say that they're interdimensional. And if they are, we don't really know anything. We really can't talk about them. So Andrew, yeah. Andrew does believe they probably are interdimensional, and I honestly don't know. That's just so beyond my expertise, I don't know. Uh, but I don't have to really talk about interdimensional stuff when I get in, when I talk about plasmas and plasmas being the key to all this. Uh, Rutledge was quite a character. He initially started this believing that there was nothing. There were 500 reports in the in 1968 in Missouri of UFOs. Uh, and I know a lot about it. And I met a lot of the people and I interviewed a lot of the witnesses because my wife is from that area of Missouri. And her father was a... 32-year district attorney there, and her brother became the adjutant general of the Missouri National Guard. And so the Missouri National Guard actually flew jets into the area and helicopters, which Harley Rutledge, again, tried to find out, why, are the, why is the military coming in here when these things are being seen? Uh, and he contacted them, and they said they, they were trying to find out what it was. And years later, through the adjutant general, the guard, I found out, indeed, that's what they were doing. They were picking these things up on radar, and so they would fly jets out to try and find out what the heck they were. Uh, but they never figured them out. They could see them on radar, but that was it. Uh, so this stuff's been around a long time. Is it interdimensional? Perhaps. Uh, string theory might account for it. Andrew really likes the quantum mechanics aspect of it. Uh, and it, there is something to that, but it's, it's simply beyond my expertise. And I would, I would gibber nonsense pretty much what I guess what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. Extra dimensions are by nature theoretical. We have no, yes. what, no way currently of, of determining whether, you know, practically because of the very nature, it's like if you're a plane, and you see a 3D object. It's, it's that old uh, Uspensky 
planes, lines, solids, and, and all the rest of it. It's, it's impossible for us to get a conception of. I was really interested in what you said about you, uh, you, you, you sort of mentioned that the plasmas um, read us in a way and read our expectations. Oh. And I seem to remember from the book, did, wasn't there some, uh, is it Mount, Mount Horeb? In... That's, that's one of uh, Andrew's. The Andrew talked a lot about uh, these, the manifestations uh, right. in lots of places, in Israel and in Turkey. Uh, Andrew believes that a lot of the biblical accounts of the Ark of the Covenant uh, Moses interacting with the burning bush, which the burning bush, according to this theory, it was a plasma. Mm. It looks like a fire, uh, and, but it doesn't burn. Uh, and as long as energy sustains it and it interacts with us, it gives us messages. It has a purpose. Native Americans interacted with this stuff willingly. That's what their rituals are all about. All these Native American rituals that have gone on for thousands of years it's about interacting with these forms and they believe that if you don't willingly interact with them at specific times these things will come to you and will be a trickster Mm -hmm. they will appear to be something that they're not and of course the trickster is a big element of their belief system and carl jung's books on ufos talked his one book on ufos talked about the trickster that, in fact, is where I got my introduction to the trickster. It was Jung's book on flying saucers. So they believed when you first interact with these forces, whatever they are, that they are always a trickster. It is a test. And there are actually Native American writings that the ethnographers pulled out in the 1700s and 1800s and wrote where they say when this first appears to you it's always a test the little people that they interacted with the balls of light almost every native american account of seeing beings come from the sky well they're not in a flying saucer they come down in a ball of light it's always a ball of light all the old reports are that and there's a being that emerges from the ball of light or sometimes the being stays in the ball of light. Of course, that's identical to both Edgar Casey and Joan of Arc's interactions with them too, which we don't have, I know we don't have time to get to it, but that's the Native American thing. You have these balls of light and they always appear as a trickster unless, unless they have some other purpose. Uh, and most of the time they test you and that's when they're a trickster. If you can get by the trickster, then you are allowed access to much higher types of spiritual information. That is the gist of it all. That is the gist of Native American rituals, interacting with this force. They have always known it. They've always said it. Uh, they t- and I have had, I had a Native American shaman live 30 days with us, and, and he was very grateful. I was a sponge of information. I just got lots of information. He was involved in some of the most sacred rituals that the Cheyenne tribe, which is in upper and near the Great Lakes, a group near the Great Lakes uh, did. And literally these, this, this ritual is called the Massam Ceremony. It's a 56-day ritual designed to bring the gods, to bring these spiritual forces into physical reality temporarily into a confined space. 
and you have to have a confined space. And then you interact with them. You commune with them. And you do that willingly with a purpose. And if you don't do that, then they always come to you as a trickster. That's what their ceremonies are all about. Wow. I mean, the trickster element, just, I just, as soon as you mentioned that, I immediately thought of uh, Abraham. Just uh, grab your son, Isaac, bring him up to this uh, mountain and the altar and kill him for me, please. Well, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Here's the spiritual enlightenment. Oh, gosh, we're getting heretical. It's a, it's, we should stop. Yes. Before we have people chasing us with pitch, pitchforks. The heresy. I yeah. think it's too late for that. So Yes, but Greg, this has been an absolute joy and a pleasure. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. Maybe we'll get to some other stuff sometime. There's so much mm. uh, in all this, so much depth to it. I'd love to talk about the Native American stuff and how they created these spaces and why. They created yeah. them to confine. They didn't want to unleash these forces uh, onto the world. And, of course, there's some people that believe that Aliester Crowley <laughs> unleashed UFOs, you know, because he didn't do it in a confined space, a, a ritual. But that's another story. Yeah, Scientology is involved with that and whatever. But it's Ooh. been a pleasure, guys. I appreciate it yeah. very much. Uh, thanks, Brilliant. Greg. Yeah. Well, Eagle Wing Books, there'll be some links in the, in the show notes. You can follow Greg mm-hmm. on Twitter. And uh, just stay on the line for us for one minute while we play ourselves out, Greg. I will. uh, Thank you very much. For the rest of you out in YouTube land, we'll be back after a brief recess to do some news. Yes. Okay. Cheerio. Cheerio. Ciao for now. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was our chat with Dr. Greg L. Little. That was fascinating, wasn't it? That was that went to some places that I could not even had imagined <coughs> prior you, to this interview. This yeah. discussion. He could see the synapse. Both his synapses firing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was looking in his ear. It was like it, it was like Pong. Yeah, rubbing crystals oh. together. Yes, a it small glow. Well, I am. I've got some crystals. I mean, look at fucking look at this one. Look, I just I just rubbed this one. Really, really. Look at the state of it. It's mad, isn't it? Oh, no, no. Oh. And the and the Look, I look like. A, is it Gambit? Don't. Which X Men am I? Don't disturb <laughs> the sentient beings. Which which X Men am I? I don't, I don't know. Magneto. <laughs> There will be one. Expecto Patronum! <laughs> well, I'm going to rub some crystals together in the bath. I'm anyway. definitely going to rub something together in the bath. Now, I've got, all I've got at home are like lumpy crystals. So right. I don't have smooth, I don't have machined crystals. Well, like didn't this. you say it's when the, sh- the shards break off? So you might be better with lumpy crystals. Mm. And did it, does it have any kind of crystal? Because they're all different kinds, it's like rose quartz. And I'd imagine with you, the only it's, one I know the name it's of. It's mainly fecal crystals get, that get Ooh. stuck in your anal beard. <laughs> Why do you have to be so vulgar? Just because this is a clip. It's, it's uh, showbiz. This is a oh, highbrow man. show. <laughs> yeah, it is. It was. It was until I hit uh, episode board. two. <laughs> <laughs> so links in the show notes if you want to follow up on uh, on Greg Little's work. I like. Um, I would love to talk to him about his his uh, psychotherapy work, his CBT stuff, 
I'm sure you'd find that interesting. And uh, he's a therapist as well. He's written all these textbooks about right. this particular um, type of CBT he practiced when right. he was. He's retired now. He doesn't do. Uh, he doesn't practice anymore. He doesn't therapize people. <laughs> full on. Oh God, no! A, a philanthropist. Okay. <laughs> no, get me off this quick. Hi, 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 Let's move on quick. Show me what you got. Let's do some headlines. A big news story. Headlines of the week. Oh my gosh. Strimmer horror. Gardner bleeds to death after slicing off his penis with a grass strimmer in horror accident. Why did he have no pants on? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> because how, how else are you going to trim your pubes with a hedge trimmer? Oh, right, okay. Gosh. Wow. A st- what a strimmer. So it's like one of them spinny plastic yeah. jobs. It's, well, this is where he came unstuck. Pardon oh. the pun. <laughs> because this is the strimming question. <gasps> oh... That's an angle grinder. <laughs> That's a, an angle grinder blade attached to a strimmer. So, I mean, we've all used strimmers. It's like a little plastic oh, piece no. of... Oh, no. Holy shit. It's like a little plastic string. Yeah. And so you think, oh, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't chop your finger off, would it? A, a plastic string strimmer? Mm, I believe... Uh, make a mess of it. Should we test this? I believe you have them. You can get metal, po- metal ones with but, a blade. But not, a, not an angle grinding blade, right. no. For no. strimming like stones. <laughs> Tarmac. A Thai gardener is reportedly bled to death in a freak accident. Bled to death? No, he's dead. He cut his knob oh, off. It's escalated quickly. I thought he was just de-penised. He was bobbited. Ooh, a de-gloving incident. <laughs> John Wayne Bobbit. He was bobbited, yeah. To now, bobbit. after slicing his penis off with a grass strimmer, Pradit Chupiad was found dead with his trousers and legs soaked in blood in a forest park in northeastern Thailand. Ah oh, man, he went. He wasn't naked strimming. No, he wasn't naked. No, it the jeans were not a suitable PPE. No, for I an think... angle grinder to the dick. Fucking hell! I think but... he's cut through some artery there, hasn't he? Yeah, maybe well, he's... His... in a thigh penis. Yeah, gone, just gone into the into the old pelvic area. The 39-year-old had been tending to a patch of grass when the strimmer's blade flew off and severed his penis, causing severe blood loss. Officers discovered Praditsin's body on Wednesday in the Isan province of Nongbuao Lampu. The, sh- oh, the strimmer was located near the lifeless body next to a broken metal cutting blade Oof. that police think broke on impact with the victim. The garden tool was reportedly covered in blood and as it was recovered from the scene. The- <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to say something. You're just no, shaking no, your head in disbelief. Yeah. Uh, the rescue team removed Praditsin's pants to assess the cause of his demise, as if it wasn't fucking obvious. His genitals were reported to be cut, and a deep wound was discovered in his left groin. So, yeah, there must be a major artery down there. Mm, there isn't there. Femoral mm-hmm. artery? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, that was uh, GCSE biology for you. <laughs> you never turned up to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, police said the blade was designed to cut metal and not grass which probably worsened his injuries. Park manager Wayne Viseksada 
72 told Ty Cops that Praditsin was hired by the Forest Park's owner to clear the grassy areas. He started work in the Forest Park on Monday, and on the day of his death, June 28th, was intended to be his last day. Oh, he was on the literally cutting the, the last blade. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Terrible. Mm. Yeah, that's not a good way to Yeah, I kind of, I was sort of umming and ahhing whether to do that story or not, because it's quite sad, isn't it? It is. Is, isn't it? Yeah. But you've selected to do it because it has penis in it. Yeah. Can I get his penis off my arm, please? Mm. <laughs> sure, I've got a streamer. <laughs> penis went black. <laughs> you know, in the, in the in the legions, in the Roman legions, that was the uh, the go-to move. They told you to aim for the cock with your with stabby. the gladius with with your stabby. Yeah, with your stabby stabby. Yeah, if you can't get the neck, go for the groin because it's the mo- one of the most lethal places, I guess. You can bleed. I imagine he bled out quite quickly, and I hope if, so. If you got yeah, the passed out, yeah. like you know, within seconds. Oh. Do you if, think he had a chance to look down? Uh, <laughs> catch, <laughs> Expelliarmus! <laughs> no, my cake. Expelli penis. Uh, yes. So let's move on. Bad news. Something more jovial. Shoppers baffled by tiny... Sh- How do you say that? Shane? Sheen? Shine? Sheen. Sheen. It's a fashion house, isn't it? Fast Is that what you call it? Sheen. Is it not just a sweatshop? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. In, yeah some, in some, yeah. Uh, Far Eastern sweatshop. Underprivileged city okay. somewhere. What are the other ones? Like ASOS type thing. Well, this Sheen is... When you, when you look into the meme culture um, and the memeology around it, it's, uh, it's it's supposed to be like the cheapest and the shittest. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's a bit like Etsy is a meme like that is memed, isn't it? Why? Because that's shit and cheap. Yeah. <laughs> and you just not you've no idea what's going to turn up. Right. Okay. I yeah. like Wish dot com. Oh, Wish is another <laughs> wish. one. Wish. Yeah. All right. I get it now. That's weird. Yeah. I'm in the zone. It's just shy. Is it like Alibaba? Yeah. Well, I bought some stuff off Alibaba. <laughs> Most of my uh, <laughs> house's internal lights are from the Ali AliExpress. <laughs> Whatever it's called. Um, with, they come with um, steel wiring. Yeah, definitely no kite mark. <laughs> no. I mean, BS number. Mainly, they've been mainly okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing set on fire. No, it'd be fine until it isn't. You have exactly. to have a, a living fire warden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My wife. Shoppers baffled by tiny shine men's shorts where, quote, junk would come out of the side. Oh, yeah. boys are out of the barracks. <laughs> well, short shorts are a favourite among fashion lovers everywhere, but how short is too short? <laughs> there, there's your answer. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. Sh- they're like I mean... denim underpants, <laughs> <laughs> aren't they? It's like um, a PE teacher <laughs> from when we went to school. Oh God! Would wear shorts like that. <laughs> <laughs> This guy's thinking. You've done him. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Where can I get some of these shorts, guys? <laughs> well, this is the question shine shoppers shine. have had on their minds after spotting a pair of tiny hot pants for sale. They're available in medium and light wash for ten pounds forty nine. What's the point of the fly? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, surely your helmet just hangs out the side, no? no? Yeah, actually. This is giving me flashbacks to uh, 
someone's stag do. Where did he touch you? <laughs> they weren't that short. Really. Yeah, they were that short. They were that short. <gasps> on the, especially on the front. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there was far too much thigh on, on uh, yeah. display. Amish Ben's thigh. Yeah. There is a photo somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it... It could be the... We'll put it in the element server, eh? It could be in the server, or we could put it in the, the newsletter. It's your <laughs> new... Oh, yeah. Your new uh, title for your column. <laughs> yeah. The short shorts column. Oh, it turned up this week, anyway, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I'm just doing the housekeeping. <laughs> so, are uh, you going to get a pair or what? That sounds like I've already got a pair. <laughs> I don't know if my uh, wife could handle me wandering around the house in those... You'd be, be all, all over me. Irresistible. Mm. Might you be able to see all the hair joining up? I'm not sure I'm wearing with boots like that. <laughs> <laughs> what, would you, what would you wear? High heels. Espadrilles. Slippers. There you go. Yeah. Someone I said mean, he's got camel's toe, but everyone knows the, the male equivalent is a moose knuckle. <laughs> I might make my own. I've got oh, lots, yeah. lots of an old pair of jeans. I'm sure you could just make your own, could you not? Just go. I'm going on old in a few weeks. Oh, God. You'll get kicked <laughs> out of Centre Parks or wherever. For, uh, I was going to say gross misconduct. That's not the word. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Uh, indecent exposure? Uh, gross misconduct. <laughs> no. Gosh, that's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Are you retarded? <laughs> Last one. Oh, Christ. Woman seeking jobs in Bill Gates' private office were asked sexually explicit questions, report claims. You heard the story. What was the, what were the questions? Oh, well, <laughs> it's on there. Sorry, page two. Uh, right. Bill Gates is hiring. Oh. Female job candidates. At oh. Bill Gates' pri- Oh, female, yeah. They didn't ask the males this, just the females. I'm not sure you're allowed. You should do that, really. Uh, female job candidates at Bill Gates's private office were allegedly asked sexually explicit questions according to a new report. Some women were asked what kind of pornography they liked, if they had nude photographs on their phones, or had engaged in extramarital affairs <laughs> as part of security checks. Uh, uh, have you uh, had extramarital <laughs> affairs? <laughs> Just curious. Because uh, I'm I'm known to be like that. I know. I, was I just like say. little blondes. You're a little blonde. <laughs> he has a he has a history, doesn't he? Apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, as part of security checks undertaken by an outside security firm to see whether they may be vulnerable to blackmail. So the Weinstein Company, the outside security checks. None, none of the male applicants at Mr. Gates' private office, Gates Ventures, allegedly spoken to by the journal, said they'd been asked about their sexual history. Just the females. A spokesman for Mr. Gates told The Independent in a statement, uh, Our hiring process is uh, conducted in the most uh, respect for each and every candidate with a uh, zero-tolerance policy for all participants. Uh, including service providers who break this principle. Yeah, further, any implication of a connection between Bill Gates' personal history and an independent background check process is outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. How dare you insinuate that he's, he's, you know, they're vetting their female employers in sexual ways. To see who's susceptible to his 
wily ways. Yeah, 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 yeah. Applicants were also asked about their past drug use and other aspects of their private lives. Job candidates told the journal the question had been carried out by Concentric Advisors, that's a company, which conducts intelligence-led risk assessments for corporations, governments, and creeps, uh, and non-profits, <laughs> according to its website. Uh, Concentric Advisors CEO Mike Lefevre oh. <laughs> told the journal that it had complied with applicable state and federal laws. Blah, blah. Concentric did not immediately respond to a request for comment by the independent. Mr. Gates, the world's fifth richest man with an estimated net wealth of $117 billion, was himself reportedly blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein <clears throat> over an alleged affair with a Russian bridge player in 2017. This is from uh, The Independent, this article. Oh. Epstein, who died by suicide while awaiting trial for sex trafficking, allegedly mm. threatened to expose the Microsoft co-founder's affair with Mila Antonova if he didn't pay for her tuition costs that Epstein had initially covered for the woman to attend a software coding school. The journal, the Wall Street Journal, reported in May. Wow. Mr. Gates was also investigated by the Microsoft board in 2019 over allegations of a past consensual relationship with an employee. Uh, in 2022, he told the Today Show that he had caused pain during his marriage to Melinda French Gates. A uh, couple divorced in 21. After it emerged that Mr. Gates had met with Epstein three times in his Manhattan townhouse, a connection reportedly began after Epstein had been convicted of child, child sex offences. Yeah, don't associate with pedos, you fucking wrongan. So dodgy, wasn't it? Ugh. Mr. Gates has repeatedly expressed regret for meeting with Epstein. We played the clip when it came out. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we did. Uh, call, calling them a ah, huge mistake. Yeah. Mm. Fuck off, get in the sea, Gates <laughs> of hell. Hey, technical mm. news. Mm. I've got the tablet up and running again. Look, I've got a wire. Oh, yeah. I don't have to rely on shitty Bluetooth anymore. Execute order 69, dudes! Nice. Yeah. Good. It works all the way through now. It doesn't cut the beginning off, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, finally. I'm a Marxist. I'm a Marxist. I'm a Marxist. I'm not a Marxist. I'm a based Sigma Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Say what? That's a yeah. good one. That's good. Yeah, I'm in slows. Yeah. It's endless now, isn't it? Should we just do this for the next it. 40 minutes? No, I think we should should move on now. Housekeeping time. Oh, my gosh. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. This is a Value for Value podcast. If you found this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There's a, a myriad of ways of doing this, and my favourite way of returning value, as ever, is word of mouth. Oh, burning um, this podcast to DV, uh, onto DVDs? DVDs. Yeah, and then gouging people's eyes out with it. Gouge his eyes! Yep. What about, uh, like, a thousand floppy disks per episode? Oh, but the old floppy disks, like the, the actual <laughs> the big... Five and a quarter inch ones. Floppy, big floppy, floppy big discs. Floppy fuckers, yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth is very important to us. <laughs> Wherever you are on the internet, whatever your online presence is, maybe you're in Discord servers or Facebook groups 
or Telegram channels. Mm. Post links if you think it's relevant and people in those areas will gain some value from us. It helps us grow. Yeah. It's good for the Al Gore rhythm. It is. Whoever you're sat next to now, tell them about the Amish Inquisition podcast. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's an animal, like a dog. <laughs> Especially a, if an it's iguan. an animal. I saw a bloke with a, a bearded dragon on his uh, back. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Where? And when uh, about? On Friday, yeah. In, near your house. <laughs> Outside the, my favourite bookshop. Lancashire's weird. Oh, right. Had a, a bearded dragon. I think I'd be scared to take a lizard out on my shoulder in case it ran away. Killed, killed someone. <laughs> Consumed my head. Komodo dragon. I just think you could just make a, a dart for it, do you not know think? I think they're quite slow and placid, bearded dragons. I don't think they move That's quite. Nice. Right, okay. I believe the visual IQ is based on movement. <laughs> <laughs> and the beard. Yeah. The frill. Um, you could sign up for the newsletter. We alluded to the newsletter. Yes, the Rum Springer. It was sent out um, Saturday. Yeah, first of the month. Um, it got this one turned up in my inbox. The other one didn't. Um, so yeah, I'd read that. It's always entertaining. Check your spam if you're already signed up. Sometimes it goes in spam or junk or junk. Yeah, or spunk. Um, and that's got you know it's got a preview for the for the month coming up in terms of the guests. Um, it's got some memes in there. It's got some memeology, mm. and uh, Phil does an article. And Ben, me, 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 me. Ben, ben said he would do an article, but it's not. I'm still yet. working on it. It's only been seven months. <laughs> seven months. Yeah, dudes. Um, All good things come to those who wait. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, you could print that out and spam toilet cubicles oh, yeah. with it. Post all bills. And forward it as well. If you uh, know people who would get, uh, benefit from it, forward it to people yep. in your uh, mm. your uh, wacky communities. Do you know what I like? I love it when people convert their... Convert. <laughs> convert. <laughs> their fiat currencies into um, merchandise from the Amish loot chest. Yeah, we've got a... If you uh, sign up Hang for the... If you sign up for the newsletter, you'll get a uh, discount code for the merch store. I've got some examples here. What Do we you? have a... Current. Current! Oh. Great. <laughs> That's a current, current grape. We don't have one of those. You can, have, you can get a current grape t-shirt from the loot store. You can get a bacon... You could write cunt on it if you want. In, indelible marker. Yeah. Raisins and sultanas are both dried forms of what fruit? Current. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Current grape. Current grape. Current grape. Humphreys. Wow. Savage. Yeah. Current grape. 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 He gets an R. He gets an R roll in there. Current grape. That's what you're supposed to say. Nice. You're supposed to say R. That's the donkey's years of radio. That isn't it. Today program. Yeah. Current grape. Wow, that was a long. That was a long soundbite. But you can get a current great T-shirt. Yeah, bacon nuts. You get a bacon nuts mug. We don't have any bacon nuts clips. Sorry. Uh, fr- three weeks to flatten the earth. Our design from from Lee from the Big Conspire, which mm. is great. It's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite thing on the merch store. And uh, so, yeah, why does this keep forgetting to? Ah, come on, you slag! It doesn't want to forward. There we are. Literally a communist hoodie. This is ironic. People, is it off your? Or Orfeo Trez. I can't see the last bit of your name. 
uh, he was saying he's not a communist uh, or not a Marxist. We aren't either. This is uh, ironic. But you can get a literally a communist hoodie. Yes. If, uh, you know, you're feeling like a, you fancy a trip down to the gulag. It's got Owen Len on it. It's got what? Owen Len. Lenin. Oh, yeah. Len, Len in. Len in. Len in. You get the, uh, the logo there on T-shirts. All sorts of colours, shapes and sizes. Different price points. What more could you want from your friendly neighbourhood podcast? Absolutely. No. They know what they're doing, Lair. Mm. We've lost him. He's just staring oh, at the no. tablet it's now. I was just trying board. to find. I was trying to find a literally a communist clip. I can't find it. It should be literally. under L. Mm. Oh no, no, it's Ash. Ash Sarkar. <laughs> a. It literally is under A. There, Ash, communist. Because I'm literally a communist. There we go. Communist. I'm literally a communist. That's why we have it on a T-shirt. We're just, jo- we're just joining up threads tonight, aren't we? Ash Sarkar yeah. is a com- com- communist and a columnist for The Guardian. Regular appearer on Question Time. I don't feel we should have to explain ourselves in no. episode 286. Yeah, go back and watch him, you cunts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> From the beginning. Listen, rather. I don't think <coughs> we're doing video about them, were we? No. No. Um, remember to sub, comment, like, smash that bell. Um, on YouTube and other platforms you might be consuming this content. I've got a YouTube comment uh, from this week to highlight. Mm-hmm. Look, it's highlighted in red, so I won't forget. Where is it? Oh, yeah. So let's... Uh, yeah, OBS is playing funny dicks tonight. Look, oh. it won't... What, a what is going on here? Is it because that one's yellow? <laughs> no. Something's... Uh, Not... Quite Not right. quite working. Oh dear. Mm. Yeah, OBS is playing silly buggers. I did have a comment to highlight, but maybe we'll come back to it if we have time. Yes. Okay. Um, leave us a review. Um, that's good for the algo as well, isn't it? Um, join the Element server. Sorry, in the Element server. Element's a little bit like Discord. We're not allowed to have Discord because we all uh, got kicked off or our server got taken down anyway. Um, but in there, you can send us news articles, mm-hmm. videos. If it's an especially long video, we like it to be timestamped. Yeah. Audio links, timestamped as well. We, we don't have all there. day. No. <laughs> we are busy, busy people. Um, and you, you get to interact with us. Even Ben turns up in Element <laughs> it's regularly. Absolutely mental. I would. I would not have thought that would happen. I mean, he did post um, a picture of a book in the wrong thread. Ah, uh, well, there was already a picture of that book in the in the book club. But, yeah, no. You know, you know me. I'm Lucy Goosey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just <laughs> spamming pictures of books everywhere. <laughs> absolutely. Um, just trying to spin this out a little bit. Maybe you know three else more you seconds. Do. You can do in the. Um, uh, element server you can tell us about um guest suggestions which is always yes. good very we've good been getting, we've been getting some we've been trying to tickle up some guests haven't we via uh, got a couple LinkedIn. this week got a couple this week didn't we guest mm. suggestions yes it's helpful yeah very helpful we appreciate that um mm. if you've got any birthdays coming up oh, oh fuck you can uh we have don't we request a birthday shout out a mention and we do have a birthday um, yeah. request. This is for uh, for Joe, an avid listener, mm. who um, I was speaking to only last night. And it's his birthday on the 3rd, which is tomorrow. 
Joe. Happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, you goblin. <laughs> <laughs> There's a birthday boy among us. Oh, I love it. Excellent. Double, double mix, a bit of Kim and Nigel. He got two shouts. Kim and Nigel. He's worth it. Aww. Happy birthday, Joe. Happy birthday, Joe. Yeah. Joe's been listening a long time, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Yeah, he loves love us long time. <laughs> he, he came on the show a couple of times, I think. Did he? Yeah. He's guest hosted. Early ones. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. I don't remember now. Um, Focus G requests. Oh, yes. Is your chi depleted? Come to us for replenishment. Um, you know, we got someone to pass their driving test after <coughs> 30 years of learning. And it was without the use of Navy patented high energy beams. Yes. <laughs> it was pure biological chi. It was. Straight out, you know, warm chi. Warm it's meant to be warm. Well, yeah, you're doing it wrong. It's yours cold. not warm? <laughs> no. Oh, God. Oh, mate. It's, it's kind of is it just, pallid. Just like slops oh. out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can do that, you know. <laughs> have you got an exam coming up? Are you feeling a bit tired? Um, yeah. Have you injured yourself in some way? Um, you know, just put it in the in the appropriate thread in the element server. I mean, yes. we're not that much of sticklers. <laughs> um, but, you know. It's, it's best easier to leave for by us example. to find, isn't it, right? Yeah. If it's in the right place. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, uh, let us know. Um, any luck with the comment there? No, OBS is totally frozen. Right, okay, great. So, I'm um, guessing that it's going out. Uh, yeah, so. but I can't do anything, basically. Is it like just above the screen or something as we're talking? What? It's going out. I mean, this video's going out to... Oh, right, yeah. yeah. It seems to be, yes. but I can't do anything, basically. Right, okay. I've not tried this one. No. Nope. <laughs> nothing. Right, so um, nothing else is going to work tonight. So <laughs> let's tr- play a clip about tossing us a coin. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother... <laughs> Toss a coin to your witcher, oh, valley of plenty. Thanks, uh, yeah. Go on, what do you do? Uh, toss us a coin. Send us some money. Right, go to imasinquisition.com. You'll find oh, right, a PayPal okay. button there and you can give us a one-off donation or sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation. And that's <laughs> gl- greatly appreciated. That's much appreciated. Oh, you can buy us a coffee, actually, as well, can't you? You can. You can do that. Yep. Um, but, you know, whatever you want to do, and you'll become a producer. No checks. That's the concept. Value for value, is it not? It is. Yeah. We... we put it out there if you receive value from it then you have the opportunity to return that value in monetary form um mm. and keep this shit show going yeah right shall we thank the producers then for episode 287 mm. yeah <clears throat> it's time to big up the man dems yo we got We've got uh, Martin Young, Rona Kesson, Ben Limmer, Matthew Chin, Helen and Owls. Thank you. They are. Yeah. So amazing in their love and literally the best mate. Oh, Willie G. I should also say um, the people who have met at New Horizons... 
We've got Mick from Blackburn, Louise, Yvonne and Imi from Greater Manchester, Connor from Bradford, Richard Morris from Northampton, Paul from Penwitham, Els from Halifax and Rick from Charlie. Thank you. Amazing. The jewels, the currents, the Greek, the doctor of thugonomics, the homophobe, the wind, the giant fucking lenses, the chest feeding, communist, the, <laughs> the base sigma chad, the chance, the baby penis, inner asshole, these clockwork clowns, the dime bar, the number 11, the big gun on the bus, the blind man, the big chungus, the cripple, and the mother of the pickering from hell, my are you retarded? I don't get it, never will. Thank you. So amazing. It's the extended version. I've not heard the ah ah ahs before. I like it. films Matt <laughs> <laughs> I saw um Ruby Gilman Teenage Kraken today what's that I think it's a dream oh I've seen, I think I've seen this advertised on the old telly yeah I didn't yeah. fall asleep I watched it oh right okay it's all right what I was very annoyed with though is Vodafone um other service providers are available I no longer do a two for seven Cinema tickets. Didn't know. It ended on the 30th of June. Oh. And it's been replaced with a shitty Odeon 30% off on the 4th of July. All oh, right. Okay. That's right when people need this shit. Exactly. I know. Yeah. Mad. Um, you have to get you down down to Cleveland's uh, Vu. It's like £5 to go there. So they don't have the folding back chair. So, do they? Is that, is that the difference? I like to lie down when I'm watching a film. <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> you do often. I've been to see two films with you and you fell, fell asleep in both. I didn't fall asleep in June. No, that would have been impossible because of the... <laughs> did we watch Total Recall? We did, didn't we? Yeah, we, we went did. to go and see Total Recall, uh, the original director's cut. Mm. That was weird. It was weird. I think I'd wiped that from my memory, actually. Really? It was like a... It was a warm summer's evening wasn't it it you was went, it was you turned up late obvs did i yeah you were definitely late like but the film hadn't started technically otherwise oh, i would have i would have so been i was early i was would have been you know fuming <sighs> engorged enraged <laughs> okay. uh, and i'm Gross. afraid i'm gonna have to ditch you on our next date because oppenheimer comes out when <laughs> i'm on holiday so why why does that mean you have to ditch me? Well, I mean, we, we want to go and see it in IMAX, right? Who's we? You and I. Yeah. Um, but it's only on limited release, so it's only going to be in IMAX for like a week, and I'll be away. I thought I'd read today that it's it's in the print works. I don't know how long yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. How long it's going to be running there for? But I checked the twenty first, and there's a showing at seven a.m. <laughs> In Manchester. <laughs> in Manchester. Great. <laughs> no. <coughs> um, but then I checked when we get back and there's no IMAX showing. Yeah, because they don't... Well, what's on in, in the IMAX then? Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
but it won't. It'll, it'll probably will continue to run. They don't put the dates out. For, they just do it for a week ahead, and then they see how well it's done, and then oh, they right, completely okay. change it. Well, if yeah. you don't mind waiting, and we'll watch it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Ah, oh, Phil. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> Can we watch Barbie as well? Because I did see <laughs> a trailer today, and I thought oh, this would be quite good. I don't know. No. Okay. And uh, yeah, Oppenheimer probably. And I'm, I'm going to watch June two with you. June two, definitely. Yeah. 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 For more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We'll take Phil. You can put some ear defenders on and take a book with you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> a little light. <laughs> can I take Dune with me? <laughs> Dune. Dune. <laughs> oh, this Dune. is completely fucked. This. I think I'm going to have to shut OBS down and restart the stream. Oh, Ooh. no. Yeah, That's can't click on good. anything. Well, sorry, guys. Um, Back in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk among yourselves. Yeah. Don't know what's going to happen. But we'll test this. If we don't see you again. <laughs> 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 oh, my gosh. Something went black then. Look, I'm task manager now. Look at this. Oh, that's oh. mental. Well, no, it's only 57% of memory. <clears throat> it's a lot of... Ram that though, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. They had mm. le- that's l- about a million times more ram <coughs> than they took to the moon. Space is fucking gay. Yeah, yeah. It's full of ram. Oh gosh, look, it's shut off now. Oh, oh. oh look. Oh my gosh, I'm gone. Let me just check something. Hey, you know it's Fourth of July on uh, Tuesday. It is. Yeah. Be careful with your fireworks. Oh, bloody baby. I mean, be that, careful. That mummy grabbed the baby then. I know. Top points. She was straight on it. Whoa, yeah. out. Danger. Fuck. Will Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> Reminding me a bit of Raised by Wolves. That's what mother would have done. <laughs> she would have been doing the annihilating. Yeah, after she'd, she'd protected the child. Yeah, of course, yeah. She'd have gone to, like, the source of the fireworks. Mm. Destroyed it. Mm. Right, end of show ISOs. We missed that. The end of the uh, housekeeping. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, someone, get, someone gets to pick, don't they? I think I've got I think I've got a couple. Hang on, is this one? You need to add it on the list, then. Well, on what list? This. Oh, uh, yeah. If I'm just, yeah oh, yeah. I just used to throw it out. I've, I've baked it in my head. Get on with your life, you silly arsehole. Mm. I don't know that one. I like that? I just don't like her. Get on with your life, you silly arsehole. No. Okay, how about this? But your gonads have different properties. Your gonads have different properties. Quite well, mm-hmm. But your gonads have different properties. I go gonads. for the gonads, man. You always go for the gonads, no? Well, yeah. Can we trim that down to a smooth gonads? Just gonads. Gonads. <laughs> Live on the fly. No, well, no. I mean, well, you're already. Uh... <laughs> I'm already witnessing it. Where are the gonads? Gonads. <laughs> Look at that. Tell you what, who's, who's, really the, who's the podfather now? <laughs> <laughs> hey? 
I'll just I ch chucked a slight bit of the G off there. Let's try that. Gonads. 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 Yeah. yeah. Love that. That Love could it. be end, end of show ISO. Mm. Gonads. Mm. Gonads. <laughs> Gonads. <Yes>. Gonads. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think, I think that's the only ISOs I have. What about, oh, no, that, what are you fucking doing? Oh, what about this? Clean yourself up. You dirty little rats. You chicken livered shit. I, I, I mean, chicken livered shit has it has a, a bit of a je ne sais quoi about it, but chicken I don't like her either. Shits. No, yeah, I don't we'll, think we'll, I like her. She's just a shouty mad woman. Right, we'll stick with gonads. We'll stick with gonads. Mm. Right, let's wrap this this sucker up. We've got some some uh, videos to play. Steve Kirsch, <clears throat> tech entrepreneur. Did he? I think he invented the optical mouse. Did he? Ooh. Is that what he's famous for, Steve Kirsch? Don't know. Don't know. All right, he was talking about us. Talking about the <laughs> Amish. Shut up. Yeah, on uh, some sort of Senate <clears throat> Senate testimony testimony thing. How many children or people are are to, like totally unvaccinated? Is that like where where do you find? Is it just the uh, parents that stepped up and said? I would think that's a very small percentage because yeah, so many of us blindly followed. You know. Uh, the recommendations to vaccinate children. Yeah, it's, le uh, it's less than 1% of the public. So uh, the Amish are a perfect example of a... Hello. Perfect <laughs> example, apparently. Yeah. Nice. It's Amish folk. A uh, large uh, group of people who are uh, largely unvaccinated. And there's no autism. We can't find an autistic kid who was unvaccinated. It's very, very rare in the Amish community, very, very rare. You won't find kids with ADD, with autoimmune disease, with panda pans, with epilepsy. You just don't find any of these chronic diseases in the Amish. And, you know, the U.S. government has been studying the Amish for decades. But there's never been a report out to the public. The reason, of course, is it would, it would show that, oh, if you don't follow our guidelines, you're going to end up healthier. That's why there's no report after decades of studying the Amish... There's no report because the report would be devastating to the narrative. It would show that the CDC has been harming the public for decades and saying nothing and burying all the data. What a fucking crackpot. Wow. Honestly, yeah. I, do, I do miss those uh, mouse balls. <laughs> ball, the ball mouse, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what does he know? Giving a, a mouse's ball. Oh, yeah. Optical mouse. Remember yeah, the... Yeah, you had to you had to get it going, didn't you? Your mouse, your mice. Yeah, yeah. Cleaning the ball of the mouse, oh, and those well. little rollers always had like a yeah. ring of shit on them. Skin and filth. Do you, do you remember cleaning your balls? <laughs> Take your mouse this balls morning. out and clean yeah. your mouse balls. Yeah. Mm. Did you ever peel a mouse ball? <laughs> no. No. What was in it? Well, it's like a really solid, big ball bearing. Oh. Mm. Well, they were heavy. Do they deceptively yeah. heavy? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I used to have a catapult. Separate story. Never mind. Populated? Was it? Was it? Was it? Was your ammunition mouse balls? No, that's far too expensive. But um, I do remember a mouse ball calling quite the devastation <laughs> <laughs> to a greenhouse. Well, maybe, maybe, <laughs> or a neighbor's window. No, I no. A vole. <sighs> yes, oh. pigeon. Oh, oh God! Yeah. <laughs> you murdered a pigeon. No, <laughs> Skyrat. Yeah, Skyrat. Scary. Wow. 
No, I, did, I didn't mean it. <laughs> Execute order. Sorry, guys. You maimed one. It's still alive. <laughs> wow. It's been, not only did he maim it, he captured it. And immortalized and, it. And kidnapped yeah. it. And he's had it living in his basement for yep. 25 years. It's the, it's the Nicholas Flamel of pigeons. <laughs> That's it. Have you heard about AI, uh, your internet routers spying on you with AI? No. So what they did is they had um, you know, a camera looking at a space with people in it. Um, that's sort of like coming in from one eye. The other eye is the radio signals, so sonar from the uh, Wi-Fi router. And they just learned to predict, like, this is where the human beings are. Then they took away the camera. So all the AI had was the language of radio signals bouncing around a room. And this is what they're able to reconstruct. The images of people. That's amazing. In 3D space. Real-time 3D pose estimation. This is from uh, electromagnetic. It's like reading your aura. Yeah. Your yeah electromagnetic really? aura. That's what the router is doing. Yeah. Right? So suddenly AI has turned every Wi-Fi router into a camera that can work in the dark, specially tuned for tracking living beings. Oh, no. The shame <laughs> of it. <laughs> Terrible. That's amazing. So that, so yeah. Did the AI, did they come up with that idea thing? Oh, right, okay, maybe we can hack Wi-Fi. Why not? Or did the AI think? Your scientists were so preoccupied with where they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Exactly, yeah. That's crazy. I was just wondering if that's already known, you know, in the... If it's in the public domain, then it's been known about for 20 years. That's what I mean, yeah. So there's probably something that's been going on for... That's like on uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it is, yeah. (laughs) Ring! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is ace. And it reminds me of what um uh what our guest was just talking about, about the rods and cones in the eyes and, and only being able to see a certain part of the electromagnetic mm. spectrum. Imagine when we can, you know was it transhumanism? See Wi Fi. Yeah, and we can see Wi Fi with our contact lenses. Mm. I don't think your brain can uh translate it no no get new brains <laughs> no. you're f- fine you can go down that road but not for me it's no, not for see, me seeing wi-fi i don't think it's ace that routers are like mapping out where you are in your house mm. i'm not i'm not on board with that uh I, there's a certain thing called great pri- for finding your keys though isn't it <laughs> there's a thing called privacy i know it's an, old, an old-fashioned concept these days but it's important really not think privacy yeah 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 because i get up some creepy shit at home man oh, some real weird. creepy stuff well you know what you want to do with a dessert spoon <laughs> as you say exactly yeah warm, cover warm. your wi-fi camera with it <laughs> exactly, <yeah. laughs> if you warm up your dessert spoon mm-hmm. and then put it on the router bye-bye router fuck i've got it what you need to do with the dessert spoon is put it in a bowl of warm water as well before you shove it up your ass. Yeah, wise, wise words. Immortalized, Matt. You've been immortalized. That's what they call me at the school gates. Immortal, immortal, Matt. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> immortalized, Matt. Oh, wow. yeah. Cool. Very good. Uh, I, I saw this video. Uh, previous guest Oddman posted this video about the confused younger generation that is following us. Let's make what you will of this. 
Because I took a bit of my blood and put it right on her skin, and I said, blood of my blood, let it be known that I am now the master of this. Let them know. So be the name of my own. And so will this blood be. And then was able to bring her to life using that. And I can take away her sentience just by using the same ritual. Do do you mind if I see her once more? (laughs) See her? (laughs) Stewie Griffin, isn't it? (laughs) What is happening? Exactly. <laughs> this is a young Jack Black talking to Ronnie James Dio <laughs> at the advent of Tenacious D. Right? Of course. Oh my god. She doesn't like talking out loud. She's very shy. <laughs> Does she ever talk to you? Or communicating telepathically right now and she communicating telepathically. Fucking love this. She's nervous just getting to meet you. She's really nervous right now. Wait, so she lets you bite her? Yep. She's a homunculus. She serves me as my blood source. Can, you know, because... Yeah, she's very shy, though. She doesn't like being on camera for very long. It just freaks her out. Could you add... Yeah, I'm pretty freaked out right now. So, I... Yeah, very oh, strange. Isn't is, it? There, is there a full length video? <laughs> is that that, that guy on the top, the Russell Brown wannabe, has his own YouTube channel? That seems like some oh. kind of uh, setup, kind of ske- sketch from. Yeah, so the guy in the top, the, the guy with the fake accent, mm-hmm. he's the setup. He's playing a character. Oh, right. right. But the guy at the bottom isn't. <laughs> oh. That's terrifying. Uh, Lufkin, I think his channel's name is. It, link in the show notes, as always, right. for everything we use. But yeah, that's um, mad shit. It's pretty pretty mad, isn't it? Uh, Thames Water. <laughs> what, a se- what a segue! <laughs> yeah, I heard about Thames Water. Yeah. What do you know about Thames Water? You're uh, going to say fuck Thames Water? What's the, your problem? No, no, I said they're fucked. Aren't they? Oh, they're fucked. Yeah, Why? They're, aren't they ten billion pounds in the hole? And water's leaking everywhere, sewage all over the place. Um, And they're having to put the bills, the the prices up to accommodate. Yeah, huge amount, apparently. But this this sewage dumping has been going on for decades. Why is it such a big issue now? Because they want to put the prices up. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) So you have to put that story out there. And it's it's been on, you know, uh, I saw Paul Whitehouse did a thing about fishing Mm. uh, and then the effect of, like, the dumping the sewage into rivers and stuff. But it's all this kind of groundwork. I just thought, I bet you any money, it's just the next thing that's going to be costing more, basically. What do you expect from slags? What do you expect from slags and puss pimpers? And puss pimpers. But that's, yeah, so, you know... (laughs) <laughs> it's just going to be another thing that's going to double in price, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, uh, all the, the, the water board got privatised, didn't it? Mm. And so what they did was they sold all the reservoirs off for um, property development, for land development. <laughs> yeah. No, it was and, then, and then they say, what, what, what climate change? It's yeah. no water. It was, Global climate it was, change. They scouted places, didn't they? That's what it was. Yeah. They scouted places for new reservoirs and they bought the land, you know, years, decades ago. And then when they were privatised, obviously the first kind of assets that they could just sell off and monetize mm. gone. Land. Yeah. Yeah. I got a report um, from ITV here, yeah, ITV News, about the plight of, of residents living in uh, Thames Water. Thames, Wa- Thames Water's, what would you call it, jurisdiction area? Mm, yeah. Catchment area, whatever it is. Yeah. This customer fears that either bill payers or taxpayers 
We'll end up picking up the tab. The idea that we're going to have what? even greater water bills, soaring oh. bills. At Has he got on My Little Pony? <laughs> <laughs> is, he is he going to say blood, blood of my blood? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just say he? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just this, say? Did you just assume someone's gender? You said he. Uh, I'm very Does sorry. he have a, mis a pony with him? I'm going to blame these headphones. You this customer. Fucking bigots! <laughs> <laughs> you fucking outrageous bigots! Very plural, uh, did, I, did, I, did, I, did I? Did I assume a pronoun? <laughs> yeah, you Whoa. I'll play it back to you. <laughs> I will play it back to you, you fucking bigots. Let's watch it again. <laughs> I thought he was wearing a dress. <laughs> fucking, she is stunning and brave. Watch this shit. Fears that either bill payers or taxpayers will end up picking up the tab. The idea. By the way, um, if you're on video, you have to read the caption at the top. Before uh, while you, while this plays, but anyway. Oh fuck! Just... Here, here she here she comes. <laughs> the hint was there that we're going to have even greater water bills, soaring bills, a time of uh, prices already being hiked. You know, we have to pay a lot for food. That's tough if you're a mum like me already struggling to get. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Already being hiked. You know, we have to pay a lot for food. That's tough if your mum like me already struggling to get the things that my kid needs. Customers rightly want the lowest possible She's pollution. got fucking heavy feet, aren't she? Did he hear her stomping then? <laughs> fucking wooden floor. He already struggling to get the things that my kid needs. Kidneys. Customers rightly want the lowest possible pollution, but also the lowest bills for Thames Water and the entire sector. That's creating a financial fault line. Chris Choi, News at 10. I don't think yeah, people I've are... ever seen, ever, a white washing machine with a black door. Oh, wow. Oh, right? my parents had one. Controversial. Really? <laughs> mm. Wow, looked like a toilet seat. <laughs> right, okay. That's school memories, isn't it? <laughs> mm. I mean, this is the reason they call them white goods. Right, okay. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Snorts. <laughs> White goods. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so people are struggling. It seems down south with the water bills. Water bills are going to be shooting up, and what it's is, through mismanagement you... and uh, shareholders. Be everywhere. Be everywhere. Well, would, have you seen who owns Thames Water? It's all pension funds. It's just constant. No, you can't not pay for water, can you? No, it's a natural monopoly, isn't it? Mm. And the thing is, you won't mind paying. You don't mind paying a decent price for a good job. Yes, but when they're you know giving you hosepipe bans and they're just what mm. was the she the sheep farms episode today? It was called crack pipes or cracked pipes. Mm. So they, they went into great depth, Dom and Chris. <coughs> you know, you know what it is, fire right. Um, they went into great depth about the ownership and uh, the, the NGOs and pension companies and uh, Vanguard and whatnot, whatever who have their fingers in the Thames water pie, mm. extracting wealth for the pension funds. So people have put the prices up of stuff. Companies have put the prices up of gas, electric, or mm. everything. Basically, everything's gone up. So mm -hmm. there's like a snowball effect, and everyone sees other people putting prices up. So yeah. they think, oh, fuck, well, we, we need to be competitive in the market or whatever so we need to put our prices up but it just fucks everyone who isn't like 
wages aren't going up, are they? So what's at the same when it, rate when it comes to a head, and it will if it's not already at a head, and it will be for a lot of people. What the fuck is going to happen? <laughs> it's fucking uh, irrelevant. I want. I listened to uh, trigonometry this week. I don't listen to a lot of it, and uh, I can't find the episode now. There it is. Uh, and they had a guy on this week. This guy, Stephen J. Shaw, who's a Japanophile, and he's done this video, uh, this uh, documentary called Birth Gap. Mm. Oh, this is on. Uh, this is on. He's on the Chris Williamson podcast. This guy. Recent. Mm. He's been on it recently. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to it? Mm-hmm. Terrifying. Yeah. And uh, did, did, did he talk about house prices? Uh, maybe not, but you would have thought they would Fuck go down, me. you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah, and then you, you run it through our thing. Like, like there's seven of us close friends mm-hmm. with partners, so there's 14 of us. How many properties do we own? Eight? Yeah. Say? Yeah. Right. So between the 14 of us, we've got eight properties. How many kids do we have? Uh, seven yeah right and so half male half female so we have eight properties between us and we've got less than four couples we have twice as many houses as we need mm-hmm. supply and demand mm-hmm. it's gonna tank well that's why i was i've been thinking that that's one of my first thoughts when i listened to the thing the podcast was like if the demand oh, goes God. and population starts to drop he was, he was talking about there will be certain towns and cities that the youth, because most towns and villages will just, there'll be no one there. Mm. All the old people, our generation, we'll all die. The kids will have to, there's nothing here <laughs> for us. So they will all congregate, probably to 15-minute cities, mm-hmm. Leeds, Manchester, mm-hmm. Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And so there'll just be this surplus of property that'll be fucking worthless. It'll all go der- derelict. Mm-hmm. All these old mill towns, they'll just be empty. People will just, the, our kids' generation will just abandon them because there's nothing there for them. The only, it's fucking wild. The only thing that I suppose that you could say is that, that could change it, but it would, have, it would take loads. And I think he touched upon this is like immigration, basically. Massive but, immigration. But he said it's happening in every country, even in yeah. Africa. Birth rates are declining in Africa. It's, 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 it's only sub-Saharan Africa has a, a like a, a a plus birth rate basically. And it's but not every country. No, there's only Nigeria. There's like three countries that have a, a plus. I think a, a both repl- uh, replacement rate. replacement rate. Mm. It's baked in. This is done. It's happening. Oh yes, yeah, that's and the other thing. Some, the other thing, curing. Did you talk about the curing sector? Yeah, that's what it's on. <coughs> so like. Who's going to work in the care? Firstly, there isn't enough care homes for our generation. Mm. There's not enough places. And even if they had the, the care homes, there's no staff because we're not having enough kids. <laughs> so it's like, we need to get revolvers. <laughs> our lot. Mm. We need to either start having a lot more kids, which is just not going to happen. It's too late. We need to get revolvers to fucking, because we're taking up, you know. We're going to be a burden. Oh, gosh, this is getting dark. Let's move on fucking quick. We're going to end up being a burden for our kids' generation. The other complicated picture is, is, uh, I don't know if it's this guy or somebody else who talks about it, but most women, apparently, um, who are childless actually wanted to have children, but they left it late. So, like, people, you know, there's this thing, isn't there, where... um, 
fertility nose dies after the age of 35 for men and women i think but women in particular because of you know the eggs and stuff well the eggs you're born with the the, yeah the correct that you're born with the amount of eggs you'll have yeah but the quality of them degrades so Mm. when you ovulate you ovulate your best eggs first right so as you get older your legs uh, eggs legs your, your, the quality of your your eggs, legs degrade. The quality of your eggs diminishes <laughs> as you get older. So, but that was the thing. It was the, the interesting thing, and you know that most women. So there's like a set a certain amount of women that you know never want kids or whatever. But most women who don't who've not got any kids actually wanted them but couldn't have them. But I thought that was interesting, and also this idea that you can delay and delay and delay, um, and you know focus on your career. Yada yada yada. Um, and it's the wrong way around. Basically. The only way around this is the uh, Brave New World. Yeah, the anti-sex <coughs> league, the artificial. Well, the other technological thing... womb and basically cloning people. Yeah, and uh, well, this I was just going to say, this is kind of starting with people freezing their eggs, so <laughs> getting them taken out, and then you pay a surrogate, you know, or. I don't know if you have them implanted yourself or something and a load of hormones um, and they do it that way. But that's not, you know, we, you know, we know that that's not always going to work for people either, having it implanted. It was mad. I've never heard anything like it. I've not watched the documentary yet, but... No, yeah. And he was like all the way through saying, I'm not trying to tell people to have more kids. It's up to you. If you don't want to have kids, that's fine. Yeah. Like he was really sort of unjudgmental. He's been cancelled everywhere. So I think it was the Oxford Union cancelled his appearance. People protesting. Because he's talking about population decline. Oh my God, it's mad. You know, for fuck's sake, look at your growlers. Your growlers! Look at your growlers! In some places, like Bill Gates says it's a good thing, isn't it, to have population decline because, you know, it puts less... What does he know? Well, exactly, that's what I mean, but that's perhaps why... Is that why it's seen as controversial? Why is he? Is he because he's the people are saying that he, he's saying to women that they should be having babies, but he yeah, doesn't say that at all. It's feminism, right? It's, uh, the femi- hard feminists are saying, you know, right? Okay, it's it's misogyn. It's been labelled as misogynistic and racist. He said on trigonometry there were people calling him racist, oh and the guy started laughing and said, "Why?" He said, "I don't know." Because just fucking label me, label you, bash you. Anything to prevent you from speaking. He's just looking at stats, literally at birth rates. It's a that's his job, isn't it? Statistical. It's a. It's not a professor. It's a doctor. Like you said, he went to go and live in Japan, and it's an issue in Japan, isn't it? Japan are further ahead in it. Yeah. In terms of like they've got a a shrinking population. Um, I think has it not started shrinking? Yeah, I think it has started. Um, so yeah, um, uh, that's all I have to say. In uh, yeah, let's move on. Run out of words. Oh. Close your legs. Stop being slag. <laughs> no, open your legs. We need more slags. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. You know, the slags. What do you expect from slags? What would you do? Like ban contraception? Oh well, he talks about um, there's two countries in the world that are experimenting with policy to hungary is one so hungary i know it's like you can't talk about hungary because the far right fascists oh you know because of the <laughs> pandemic and everything right. they, they didn't take on the the nonsense did they and uh 
there's some sort of policy where if you're a couple, you get a loan based on how many kids you have to buy a house. Oh. So say you have one kid, you get 100 grand. Two kids, you get 200 grand. Three kids, you get 300 grand loan, right. like interest-free loan. Oh. But you only get the money mm. once you have the kids. Oh. So that's one example. There's two countries, Israel, I think is the other one, that has, posit- that has policies that promote child-rearing. Right. Hmm. So, it, I don't is, know. it is it is terrifying if you listen to that podcast. So you know, it's all right. We won't be around. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Okay. They'll 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 figure it out. <laughs> well, the other thing is, it's like robots. <laughs> Doing what? They will they will do the care work. Banana cleaners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine in like another thirty years, that banana cleaner. Imagine what it'll be like. Be sentient. Jordan Peterson <laughs> talks about this all the time. Wow. Software, it can't map reality. Oh, it right. can't map the environment. It's terrible. Not even banana cleaning. Not even banana. It can do a simple, yeah, simple push pull that. <laughs> can do that. Yeah, but then say, all right, Tesla, Elon, there's your banana cleaner. You're 200 miles away. Come and find my cock. Can't do it. What about, do the, it? What about the Amazon drones no. and the Wi Fi radar? It's like practical yeah. jobs, like plastering, plumbing, tradesman jobs. That's never going to get taken over. The two individual, every job's different. Every house is different. Every obstacle in every room is different. Every person, it just can't. They can't do it. They can't do it yet. <laughs> Give it a hundred years, man. It's not even close. It's not even remotely close. So robot carers, yeah, no chance. You know, they can make maybe an arse wiping machine, an arse wiping toilet. Didn't oh, that, ro- did... that robot chess player break that boy's finger as well? When he was placed... Yeah, of course. But going back to that podcast, you know, is it a Japan? He lives in Japan. Do you yeah. not hear the stat about nappies? He said. He said in Japan, there are more adult nappies sold than baby nappies. Wow. That's how fucked their demographics are. That's. That's so, uh, so more nappies for OAPs than they do for might babies. listen to him on that. It sounds a bit different what he talks about on there because that Chris Williamson has an interest in dating, doesn't he? And people not um, engaging in sex and stuff, basically, when they're younger. Mm. Uh, time's marching on. We need to rock on. A couple Shit. of things, a couple yeah. of funny things. Uh, baseball. I used to love baseball when you I was did. at school. Used to oh, stay up yeah. till five in the morning watching it. Well, you used to start about one. Used to start about <laughs> chunk five, about one a.m. That's all right. I didn't have to go to school the next day. Did I? <laughs> just hid didn't under a go, desk. Didn't have to go to school. I would just bunk off, and uh, I'd watch. And Panhead used to watch it as well. He did, yep. didn't he? Yeah, he no. was weird as well. Yeah, he would only last maybe an hour. Right. He'd, he'd, he'd see maybe the first three innings, four I, innings. I found that the concept of staying up till one o'clock in the morning terrifying as a fourteen-year-old. Wow. So tired the next day. Oh, no. oh, yeah. Mistake is going to school the next day. Then you're fine. <laughs> anyway, I've got this clip. This is why I love baseball. The the commentary is fantastic. Well, the first baseman didn't like the call the umpire made in the last play, so he throws a dart right Ooh. at his cock. <laughs> it is safe to say if that umpire ever has children, they're going to be born with three legs and seven eyeballs. They're going to be all <laughs> fucked up, Peter. <laughs> yeah, excellent. That's yeah, a good one. Like that. That is a good one. Yeah, check out your baseball. Does she not be given the chance what? to do that? My love, that little bitch. What? Why was there two things then? I just played that. Did you not see me click it? There's like something playing beneath her. 
Would she oh, not be given the chance to do that? My love, oh, right. That little bitch. It's just shouting over someone, that's what it is. <sighs> that little bitch. <sighs> He's got some of denim shorts. <laughs> was that, that the mountain? <laughs> From Game of Thrones? Not the mountain, the hound. <laughs> From Game of Thrones? Yeah. No, it's Nick Cage. I thought it was Nick Cage. Probably. You ever see the uh, the the um, screening test for Nick Cage being Superman? I have seen. I've not seen the video. I've seen pictures. Oh right, I've seen a bit of video. Yeah, yeah. With long hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Balding in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> anyway, should we do some dog uh, dog stories? Dog stories. On. Why not? Yeah, check out this this British. But I, I struggle to get my dog in car. He doesn't really Because like. it's fucking massive. <laughs> it doesn't it, fit. <laughs> we got we got a ramp. We got a plastic ramp that folds out and you put it down and the dog but it's it's plastic and it's slippy. He doesn't like going up it. He's, uh, he's, he'd rather jump in. But this bulldog, he fucking loves his car, man. Oh no. <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> 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 I'm fucking red-headed again. Regular steering wheel. Fucking shagging the steering wheel. Amazing. <laughs> again. Yeah, it's going to town. you you got to put your hands on that shit then to drive That's, home. <laughs> yeah. You're just saying about, um, you know, they'll never make a banana cleaner. Yeah. Robot. For Tesla. <laughs> that, that bulldog thinks... That that is a robot banana cleaner. He's loving it. It follows him around. Yeah. Well, dogs are sh- stupid, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. You retarded. <laughs> are you retarded? <laughs> are you retarded? What a joke! I joke. Breathing your rotten breath all over my body. You should be so lucky. Yeah. Remember this one. Here's more from Dick Pound. <laughs> Dick Pound. Excellent. CNN correspondent. <laughs> Dick Pound. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. That's uh, going back along. That, that must be 150 episodes ago, that. Yeah. yeah, there's some old ones on here. Some classics. Mm. What else have you found on there? Feces. Oh, Eamon oh, yeah. Holmes, yeah. yeah. Uh, you want to uh, chop that up so you go, This is such a crock of sh. Feces. Yeah, the time's a bit off. Mm. Yeah. Good. Good. Okay, should we, should we do an and finally? Mm. And finally. This, this story will, will warm the cockles of your heart. You ready? Yeah. When Bubba Newlish was hospitalized with a bacterial infection a couple months ago, doctors saved his life by inducing a coma. But Bubba says the hardest part was waking up. I didn't want to be woke up. He wasn't there. While he was in the hospital, Bubba learned that his dog, a four-year-old named Bullet, had run away from his Grand Prairie home. Bubba was inconsolable. I just knew he was gone, and I would never be able to hold him again. Bed him. Bed him. Bed him. I think he says I believe, pet him. I believe right? Bubba yeah. says pet him, but the subtitle says... <laughs> I don't want to be able to hold him again. No wonder. And bet him. <laughs> no wonder the dog ran away. <laughs> 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 Not again, Thank Bubba. you for watching. 
<laughs> Betting him. What's my favorite gun? Flaming cum. <laughs> Asna. Oh dear. <laughs> it was it was heartbreaking. Before adopting Bullet a few years ago, oh. Bubba was a long-haul truck driver. Health issues forced him to retire. And because he could no longer work, Bubba fell into a deep depression. Yes, until Bullet come along. It just every, seemed like everything changed. You know, he gave me a little joy and hope. So when Bullet turned up missing, Bubba posted a desperate plea on Facebook. It says, has anyone in the Grand Prairie area seen my... Bubba's cry for help made its way to Kim Joppy of Dallas. Yeah. Kim runs a... You pulled your, your head then. Is it her name? Kim Joppy? <laughs> we can't we Joppy. <laughs> no? Yeah. I just can't I just don't have it in me anymore. You don't have what in you? <laughs> um, I don't know to make a joke. Dog rescue, and it was obvious to her and everyone else on Facebook that Bubba would have done anything to find Bullet. He just couldn't. He was in a rehabilitation hospital. He had no way to go and reclaim his pup, so he needed um, an angel. An angel who could answer his prayer. A few days ago, dog and owner were reunited. Turns out a good Samaritan had found Bullet and taken him to the shelter. He was about to be adopted by a new family. Going to give him away to another family. Before Kim saved the day. Bubba says he not only got his dog back, it renewed his faith in humanity. There's a lot of cat people still left in the world. A lot of cat people? (laughs) He sounded like he said there's a lot of cat people left in the world. Taken him to the shelter. He was about to be adopted by a new family before Kim saved the day. Bubba says he not only got his dog back, it renewed his faith in humanity. There's a lot of kind people still left in the world. Wow. They were willing to help. Sounds like the dog wasn't the only one who was rescued. I really love him to death. In Grand Prairie, I'm Sean Giggy. He really is. And then I bet him. I betted that yeah. dog. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh. <laughs> oh, my life. What have I done? Wow. Hold up. <laughs> you're, uh, hold, you're, you're dipping into the... Uh... I imagine the carrot was my penis. Hold oh. up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. It's a classic. Mr. Peter Bone. Play the fucking titles, man. Time to go. Okay. Ah, Lovely stuff. We have fun, don't we? We do. And these guys, I mean, they're having fun now, but my goodness, they've also got a dark side. (laughs) All right, we'll be back next week. Yes. With another live show. Yeah, man. Yeah, all over. Focused in ancient North America. Prehistoric Whoa. ancient North America, I do believe. That's crazy. Is it do crazy? You, do, you think, not. do you think we'll actually talk about that? Who knows? <laughs> Tune in to find out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I never killed a pigeon. <laughs> what the farage? <laughs> Too late. <laughs> I can already feel next week's end of show ISO. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <Right on. laughs> Well, what do you do? Well, the thing is, what do you do? You're caught between the devil and the rock at a hard place. You've got a catapult and a, and a 
a mouse ball. A ball from a mouse. Yeah. Peeled. <laughs> a peeled <laughs> mouse ball. <laughs> and uh, a pigeon. Well, I mean, do well, experiment. You, you should have. You should have um, set it on fire with. Do <laughs> 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 <Pretty> well. <laughs> Giant fucking lenses. Yeah, yes. giant lenses. Yeah, didn't have any to hand. Oh well, never mind. Okay. Your friends are slags. Right, we'll we'll sign off then, eh? Yes. We'll see yes. you next week for. Uh, yeah. Fuck Graham Hancock. <laughs> some some guys gonna turn up. Uh, I don't know who it'll be. No. The cream of Sun Young guy. Ooh. Oh, right. Big baby. Yeah, what, big. What, what a baby. What a big baby. Just get on with the game. Baby. Baby. <laughs> you growlers! They're looking at you, growlers! Close your legs! Stop being slagged! We are a bunch of chicken livered shits. Right, Sayonara. Mm, good night. Hope you're entertained. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Oh, that was the best thing ever. Try. Mate. Toss pots! Epic dub. Run, boy. Respect. Thank you for watching. Every single kind of scum. Every single kind of scum. Boot your teacher out of A sussy chungus pirate from Basildon. Pull yourself together, you idiot. Calm down. Pull yourself together, you idiot. I think you're hitting hitting the point, Phil, that, uh... A sussy chungus pirate from Basildon. <clears throat> uh, it really bothers me. Uh, 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 Satan is an evil clown. Because I, I believe I, I have an issue in this respect. <clears throat> uh, back to pay out 159,000 billion dollars left. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Silly arsehole. Gonads.